up in, in an apartment. And I grew up with my mom and my sister. This also. is considered a house? A brownstone. A yeah. brownstone. So, yeah, it's pretty much a house. Um, it's different than a house, say, in the middle of Queens or like, you know, Long Island. Um, but we certainly have a lot of space in here as well for the children, which is the best thing. Yeah. That they can play and. They don't got to go nowhere. <laughs> well, you know. They we can, but technically, you know, right. especially in New York City. Right. It's also rare, you know, compared to some of their friends. Um, I remember my sons telling me they brought someone over and I didn't even know that they had brought anyone over, like a neighbor, because I was upstairs in the garden, like, you know, weeding and doing whatever I was doing up there. And I came downstairs and my son is like, oh, I brought the neighbors into the house. And I was like, what? When did you do that? He was like, oh, you know, just a few minutes ago. I said, well, where are they now? He's like, oh, they're they're gone. They're outside playing. I was like, okay, well, next time could you like, you know, ask me or like tell me? Because I could have been walking around like in a towel, like half naked thinking that, you know, no one's here. better as mom. Exactly. And um, he's like, yeah, you know, they they had a lot of stuff to say. I was like, well, what do they have to say? He's like, yeah, you know, they said that we're living in a palace. <laughs> and they're a like, palace. They're like, you should come and see my house. And I said, well, did you? And he's like, yeah, I did. I was like, and what do you think? He was like, it was very uh, different. I said, in what way? He goes, well, it smelled funny. I was like, oh, okay. And um, he also didn't know anything about people having to share bathrooms, like oh, in yeah. the same like building. So he he didn't understand that. He was like thinking that, you know, like in here, if you there's a bathroom to use, someone is in it, you just go downstairs, you use another bathroom, and you know it goes on and on. So he's learning, I think, and all of them to be a little more like aware and thankful of the things that how blessed he is, right? Versus thinking that what you're doing is like what everybody else is doing, which is not the case. Well, good. Well, madam, we're about to start this podcast. I just like <laughs> recording before it even starts, you know, because mm-hmm. natural stories you can't get. Mm-hmm. This podcast is a time capsule view. Okay. So imagine your grandmother having her thoughts when she was your age. Mm-hmm. So you're making like a love letter to the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we get to this person? But how do we get there from the beginning? So let me know when you're ready, and we'll start this thing. I don't know. Everything isn't for everybody, right? Certain things that should go to the grave, right? I don't know. How can people? <laughs> I think everybody learns from each other. Uh, I don't know. I had that same conversation with my uncle. It's like thirty percent. I got to take to my grave. I know. I, like, well, I people... feel that way too. Uh, like it would make for a salacious story. It would be really amazing, but certain things just need to die. I don't know. Like it's whatever you, whatever you want to take us, we're down to take right. us. Um. I Let me know I'll when just, you're ready, and we'll officially start it. Right, I'm thinking. Um, Don't think about it; it'll just naturally come. Okay, so when you think about it, you'll think about where you want to go with it. But don't worry; right. you just strap on, and we're going to guide you. Yeah, to how we so, got here, from there. Right. So, I'm going to do the intro. There's okay. a whole introduction to this. Okay, go. Are ahead. you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, folks, welcome back to this podcast. It's called One Man, One Tree in the Hill. It's a podcast about being alone for your own thoughts. And when we're not alone for our own thoughts, we're making time capsules with the most interesting people on the planet. Today's special guest is Miss Zakia. Yes. What do people mess up your name and say? Because I'm from the South. Oh, I know God, a lot of Zakaias. All kinds of stuff. Zakaya, Zachariah, which <laughs> I don't even know where they get that from because there's no R in my first name. Um, but yeah, usually people, I would say 60% of people get it correct. There's only like a few who just totally butcher it. I like how you reaffirm your name. Because I remember when we first met, someone's like, Zakai's like, it's Zakia. And I was like, well, <laughs> I heard it how it was supposed to be said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't feel like you should allow someone to mispronounce your name, especially because words come with vibrations. Yes. And names come with vibrations, which I strongly believe in. So you don't really know what that person is actually reaffirming and saying when they're mispronouncing your name. They could be mispronouncing it into something negative or you know so right. i don't like the idea and even nicknames i found that to be very offensive like unless if someone says oh i'd like to be called something else you know zach um and people have done someone did that two weeks ago and i found it to be so offensive it, it was the first time so it had happened to me someone did it with one of my children what do they call him what was the nickname and she said oh what's your daughter's name and i said my daughter's name is kilohana and she said oh what like she was choking on something. She's like, I can't pronounce that. And I said, okay, um, you know, I said, well, you'll get it over time. And she said, oh, I'll just give her a nickname. And in my mind, I was like, what in the entire, did you just say? Like, right. you can't just walk around giving people nicknames. Well, it could be a culture thing. I don't, I don't think Down so. Down south. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, your name is so hard. Let me let me give you a new name. Like I would not yeah. do that. I just find it to be so rude. Like, just, what does your name mean? It well, my first name means pure, Ooh. flawless, and clever. That's what my first name. Means. So let's do your full name. My full name is Zakia Naila Damali, and my last name is Rains, and then hyphenated Hayden, which is my married name. Do the middle <laughs> name again. <laughs> Zakia Damali. Naila. Naila. What does that mean? Damali. So I have two middle names. Naila means success. Ooh. And I, I sometimes mix up Naila and Damali, the meaning, so I could have possibly gotten that wrong. But um, And then Damali means beautiful vision. What a powerful name that your parents gave you. Yes. My mother, um, she gave my father a list of names, and then he chose the ones that he liked the most out of those and then they decided on a middle name on the, the first name and the middle names yeah so if you don't know miss zakia she is an artist she's a mother she's an entrepreneur she is an author mm -hmm. what don't you do is the question <laughs> like these um, sometimes you know people do other stuff right, you know because right, sometimes right. i think that especially with mothers some people just think they're just mothers and especially yeah. in new york city i've came to know that everyone does something Right. Everyone has a skill. Everyone has a craft and everything else. It's true. It's true. Um, so let's back up. Before we became this mm -hmm. artist, mother, wife, author, let's go to the beginning. Okay. Where are you from? Where were you born? Where's the place where you called home? Um, I was born in Mount Sinai Hospital, and um, my parents lived in East Harlem until they split up when I was just before my seventh birthday. 
so I've lived in Harlem for most of my life, with the exception of like a year and a half or two years. Well, what was Harlem like when you started out? Um, Color-wise. Well, I don't remember much about <laughs> coming home as a baby. Um, but I do remember as a kid that I would go to private school on the Upper West Side. And I remember that the bus ride with my mom was like so long to go from the East Side to the West Side. Going cross town, I don't know if you've ever done it, is like, yeah, it seems a- like the longest thing ever. Um, and it was very, very different than it is now. Um, my window looked out on the East River. I used to see the I Love Newport sign as a kid. Newport secrets. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was just, uh, just trying to find the word to describe what East Harlem was like then. Well, it was very different than it is now, number one. How different it is now? Because now it seems pretty different. Yeah. I mean, there weren't all those high-rise condominium oh. like apartments there. Um, it was There was a lot more music in the street. Um, there would be like entire bands playing like um, music. Like it was very, it was very Hispanic, very Puerto Rican then, and um, you know there'd be food. Also, the food was different too, like the restaurants. Um, I remember there was this shop. I don't even know if it's still there. It might still be there, where you could get, you could just walk in, and there would be all kinds of food just lined up in the window you could just pick out whatever you wanted um and there were a lot more bodegas i I know it seems like there's a lot now (laughs) but there were a lot more bodegas around um candy shops there used to be these like little candy shops in harlem too um and i don't see them anymore those are like willy wonka type stuff yeah it was like completely gone i remember there was this place on a hundred and I think 113th Street and 7th Avenue. Now they call it Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. Um, and you would go down the stairs and the wall in the building, this, the left wall was like all candy, like oh, wow. all different varieties of candy, like hundreds of different things. And they were so differently priced than now you could get something for like a nickel you know 25 cents I remember um someone get, had given me two dollars and I felt like I was like rich <laughs> when I walked in there um yeah I like left with like two bags of like these brown bags of candy there it was just a different experience um were you from a big family or a small family how big was your family um, Are you the oldest? I'm youngest? the oldest of two two girls. Oh, that's it. So yeah, and um, you know, after my parents split up, I lived with my mom, but we had a very close relationship with her sister, who's my aunt, and her kids. So, well, what's the difference between you and your sister? Four years. Oh, so you remember being having a life without her, a little bit. Not because they say six is when you have like your first memory. So your first memories is taking care of her I I do remember very little about when she wasn't there but I do remember harboring a lot of resentment (laughs) that (laughs) like I you know was used to just you know doing stuff with my dad and um during the day and you know just playing doing kid stuff and I remember when she was born it was like all of his attention was on her so um 
I remembered being upset about that. And I remember he asked me, oh, could you go make a bottle? And I was like, I think like five or six or something. And I knew how to make the bottle. I was like, yeah, uh -huh, okay, yeah. And so I walked into the kitchen and um, I put soap inside of the bottle. Jesus and he, <laughs> yes, and he tasted it and he was like, did you, did you wash this out properly? I was like, I don't know. And he was like, there's soap in here. I taste soap in this bottle. And I was just like, I said, oh, wow. I don't know. And I, and I did it like, and I remember the, having the thought in my mind, not to hurt her, but in my mind, I was like, how dare you? You're not paying attention to me. And you have the audacity to ask me to make a bottle, yeah. sir. Like that was the thought in my mind at five and a half, six. So, um, I didn't want to hurt her. I just wanted to. <laughs> I didn't want to. Hurt her. I wanted to irritate him for like not paying attention to me. Yeah. What's your sister's name? Imala. Imala. Yes. So Imala was born. Yes. And that was your first time. Yes. To send a message. Yes. To your dad. Yeah. Like, bro, if you're not gonna pay attention to me, like, don't ask me to do like slavery. Like. Daddy's girl growing up. Um. To until my parents kind of split up well, let's go before the split because you're five years old what are mm -hmm. your earliest remembrance of school do you remember that do you oh remember i love school you made? i love school school was the bomb like i used to be upset when my mom would pick me up early i would be upset when i had a doctor's appointment i was upset during summer break i love school what type of school was it though i went to bank street school for children on 112th and broadway you went to school in harlem is that considered Harlem? No, it's not considered Harlem, even though it, it kind of should be, but it's not. It's considered the Upper West Side. So was it a very, was it a different than your neighborhood? Because Yes, it was. Harlem, so it was, was very, that? very different. Very different. Um, that's one of the things that I wrote a book about. It was, it was a short story, but it's very different. So um, I grew up in a household where education is like everything. From the get-go, your parents yes, preset message. Yes, education's everything. Going to college was not optional. It was mandatory. Um, we were raised in an environment where, like, reading was important. Reading is important. Education is important. You know, not knowing something is going to hurt you, basically. Mm -hmm. The more knowledge that you have, the more that you know, you're able to read and look things up, the better. Um, and write everything down. My mom um, was in the legal field, so she wrote everything down. Like she spoke to somebody on the phone, she'd write down religiously the day and the time who she spoke to. And as a kid, I'd be like, "Oh my God!" And she'd write in shorthand. I'd be like, "What is she doing? Like, what is?" And then she got me in the habit of doing it when I was like eleven or twelve. She'd say, "Okay, I need you to call Con Edison and set up this payment, and you know, I need you to do this." And I was just like, uh. "But." As I got older and I carried that habit with me, I understood and understand why she did that. Because so many times in my adult life, someone would say, oh, I don't remember that happening. Who did you speak to? Someone told you that? They would never say that. And then I'd say, hold on, let me get my notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, I'm becoming my mom. Let me get my notes. And then that's happened to me a lot of times. Write it down. I had to write these long letters to companies. On this day, this person told me this, and it didn't happen, and giving like a legal rundown of what mm -hmm. happened. Um, so mom was in the legal field. What was yeah. dad? What field was dad was in? Well, dad made the decision to stay home with us um, 
when we were younger and like then Bernie he went Mac. into and then he went into like he's more like the medical field um but that's what i remember more as him being home with us when we were younger and my mom working a lot but i was also upset about that too because i felt like i didn't get to have much time with my mom mm-hmm. so i would stay up until like really late until she would come home and then i'd be so tired like in school the next day um do you know how your parents met? Do you know that story? My, they told me, but it, they didn't tell me in detail. <laughs> so it was like, my mom said she was, they, well, they both went to Columbia. So she said they were at a dance and he came up and said something to her. She said she doesn't remember what it was. But she It was it some down. kind of like poetry thing. And um, I remember laughing at it because I couldn't even imagine him doing that. Like, I don't imagine him being like suave. So... Um. Yeah, we we cracked up at that, but they didn't really go into like detail, um, because she couldn't remember what he said. She wrote it down somewhere. She writes everything uh, down. Yeah. It's, written, it's written somewhere in right. one of these boxes when you right. open it. Like exactly. this is the poem. Exactly. Um. But yeah. So they, you, so mom and dad, right? You're in uh-huh. school. You're in a different environment. Oh yeah. Meeting different people. Who's the first friend you oh, met yeah. that doesn't look like you? Um, well, very little, very few of them actually look like me. So that's the thing. Um, I had a best friend growing up, Louisa. She was mixed. Um, I had another friend, Malik, growing up. And he actually taught me how to tie my shoes. He lives in California now. Um, and, but there wasn't really, I mean, there was maybe only like one or two kids who looked like me. But the thing is that I never felt funny about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, it was never a thing. I never felt funny about looking different from other people until I went out of that environment and I went into public school. So when I was there, I never felt like I was different from anybody in private school. Like, n- no one said anything racial to me. No one ever said anything inappropriate. Like, oh, would you like some fried chicken and some watermelon? Like, no one, you know what I mean? Like, no one said anything untoward to me ever that's good um and it was also kind of like a bubble like i didn't really know what it was to be like deeply unhappy until i was like 12 years old when did you go to a public school what age was that 12 years old okay so we're five years old we're meeting louisa we meet malik he teaches how to tie a shoe do you remember what your kindergarten teacher was like do you Um, have those memories they were really good i i don't remember exactly i have like little like literally two second flashes of like things here and there but they're all very good not all of them i would say like 95 percent of them are good it's like maybe only like one or two bad memories but most of them are like very good so this is six and then you enter seven what is it like how does the divorce affect you do you understand what's going on you know that's a very young age to at first yeah at first i didn't understand it i just remember coming into the kitchen in our tiny apartment in East Harlem. And it was in a high rise. And um, I remember seeing my mother taking the bowls and putting them into boxes. And I was just thinking like how weird that was. And then I walked out of the room and then fast forward to we're in an apartment, a much larger apartment now in Harlem, which is where I I grew up in Graham Court. And, not understanding like why why are we moving here now 
no one and this is one of the reasons why I don't like negative surprises to this day mm. is because no one said to me oh we're going to be moving and your father's not going to live with us anymore like no one said anything and I and I'm a very direct person so I said to my father my mother like why didn't you say you know, hey, by the way, we're, we're not living together right now. Like, no one thought to communicate. You guys didn't think that would be, like, odd? Like, hey, we're living here one day. Hey, the next day we're living here, you know. You said that at seven? like you, No, no, no. I oh. said that. I said that at, like, um, 16. So for this, so you just didn't think, you're just wondering, like, oh, we're just moving. No, no, no. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that at 16. Oh, we're just moving. At six, no, I, mean, I at did. Se- like, it's, at seven. So you just, at my six. boxes are getting pocked up. Yeah, yeah. These are like was, these are memories that you always remember. Right, exactly. And um, my mom, I always wanted cats. Like I love, I love animals then, but I even love them now. And um, I remember coming into the Willie Ledge apartment, and it was my birthday. My mom was like, "Oh, why don't you open the door?" I was like, "Okay." And usually, my mom is not like excited about like much of anything. So I was like, "Why don't you?" Whatever. I opened the door, and then there were two kittens there, and I was like, "Oh." yay like I remember being so happy that I finally had like pets because my father wasn't a fan of uh, pets or animals or anything like that which I learned like later on like the reason was that a bribe do you think was that the (laughs) we got a new house and you got new kittens I know your dad's not here but I want these cats yeah cats ladies and gentlemen cats um yeah that's gonna take the place of your father um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe she was just trying to uh make me feel like happy. Maybe she felt like I was sad, although I didn't feel sad. I just felt kind of like confused, like what's happening kind of thing. As you as you and dad as as they split up. Mm-hmm. Do you visit dad frequently or is mom primarily the one? No, he, we saw him often at that point in time. But did you stay over there? Like, was it like a few days here, a few days here? No, 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 no. Complete structure at that. It was just moms, he would come over and, you know, say, you know, spend time with us. Um, We would see him on the weekends. You know, he'd pick us up in the morning. Um, So we did spend a a lot of time. And he lives around the, he ended up living like around the corner. So it wasn't really, it was a change, but. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, he, you're never going to see him again. Like, oh, you know, it wasn't like a drastic thing where I went from seeing him every day and then I went to seeing him like not at all. Um, yeah, I didn't, it, that wasn't the part that, that really like shocked me. It was like, oh, now we're living here and no one bothers to explain what's happening. Right. Um, but I stayed in the private school that I was used to. So that was like a. Did you ever express to your friends what happened? Did anyone just like, because a lot of, especially at that age, a lot of people's parents were divorced at that time. Yeah, it was more common. It was more common. Yeah, so it wasn't like, oh, I'm the only one in the class whose parents are not together. It was like, oh, you know, well, Daniel's parents are not together and Nathaniel's parents are not together. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. Um, I didn't feel, that's not the part that bothered me. What's the part that did bother you? That nobody said anything. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I don't like negative surprises to this day for that reason. Like, Do you like surprises at all? 
I told I told everybody who knows me like if you want to surprise me surprise me like oh surprise we're going to the Bahamas today like <laughs> like a, that's a, a surprise yeah or um oh surprise like I got you this this emerald like that's a surprise like don't surprise me in the negative like oh guess what Psh, there's a leak in the backyard like or like we show up somewhere oh guess what uh, you know this person is here now you know like just shock me I I walk in the room. And then we have company, you know, like, I hate that. But your parents and our parents are probably from the era where they didn't explain anything to kids. You know what? Compared to how you raise my, your kids now. My mother actually is the reason why I'm so good with communication because she taught us to communicate and to say how we feel. And she did explain stuff to us, which is why it was such a shock for me that she didn't, you know, she explained everything to the point where I was like, okay, like, I understand, you know. That's a personal thing, though. You know, that's a, <sighs> talking know. about a marriage, something that doesn't that's supposed to work that mm -hmm. doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it just I mean, she didn't have to go into detail and be like she didn't have to say like why the relationship wasn't working out and you know have an hour long discussion about it, but just to say you know hey, you know your father's not gonna live here anymore, you mm -hmm. know and in you know, or whatever, or we're going to take some time, whatever the case is, or don't expect to see your father moving over here, you know. So we go through divorce. Mm -hmm. It happens. What is it like adjusting? Because now you have your own room, right? Uh, no, I was sharing with my sister. But she's like two. You're not, you're not poisoning her bottle anymore. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's like no. three now. Actually, it, it made me the, like, kind of like the, um, Second mom to her. Yeah, exactly. Like mother hen. So I knew how to change diapers, make bottles, prepare baby food, like all that stuff. And I never forgot it. So even when I had my own children, I just felt like, I was like, oh, this is so easy. Like, I, I didn't feel like, it, it didn't feel weird to me because I had done all this stuff when I was like a little girl. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with cooking, like my mother coming home and, and she'd come home late. And so I would have to wash clothes and make sure that there was food ready and make sure as I got older that my sister did her homework. I'd, and I was pretty good with doing my own homework, so that really wasn't an issue. Um, well, what about this? Because you say when they were living together mm -hmm. that you would stay up all night to talk to your mom. So since dad is not in the house, are you still waiting up all night to talk to mom? Or no. this responsibility is... I need to put my sister to bed. I need to do this. Yeah, yeah. I also felt like I had more time with my mother because the dynamic changed as far as um, she had a different job. Mm -hmm. And so she would spend more time with us and it was good in that way. And we could, it was just, we could talk more. It was just, it was just different. What about her mom's mom? Your grandmother, where was she at? How was she, she like? What was grandma like? She passed, actually, at, at when I was very young. She was sick, and then she passed when I was very young. So I didn't really get much time with her. Mm. Um, she was West Indian. and um, What country? Nevis. Nevis, Nevis. and St. Croix. St. Croix. And um, she, my sister and I say that she spoiled my mother because she did, like, all the cooking, all the cleaning, you know, and... And my mom is like, she f views cooking as like a chore. So <laughs> um, I tell her, I'm like, I definitely did not get my cooking and the tidiness from 
you. Um, I didn't have much time with her, though. What yeah. about dad's mom and dad? She had a stroke also when I was young, although I did spend some time with her, but not really enough um, because she wasn't able to speak that much because, you know, the stroke affects your brain. Um, but she died and she was, I think, like 99. That's a long life. Yeah, yeah. And she also would, like, cook. Before she had the strokes, she would cook and make a lot of food. And I remember her nails were like really long. And um, she would, I remember her making steak, even though I don't, you know, eat meat. Um, Back then, you still didn't eat meat? Yeah, at this point in time, I didn't. I, I stopped when I was 11. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so I made the decision because remember, I loved animals. And oh, okay. One of the things that I learned in looking up, like, I used to love to go to the library and just read all these books about animals. And um, in my independent studies, I came across how animals are treated and what you know animals are used for and that people eat them and that the lamb chop is actually like a lamb. It's not just, you know, I don't think kids make the connection that cow is like, that beef is a cow. Like it's a steak that came from an animal being chopped up into pieces. Well, the way you describe it. Well, way, I the mean, way you describe it. It is, and and I didn't know that but until down south, I read. They used to be all like, "I was like, what happened to that cow?" He goes, "Are you looking at it?" And there would right. just be food on the table. Right, exactly. And I didn't make that connection until I had read in the book that that's what it was, and I was like, "Oh my god." Um, well, being a studious person, uh, being a studious child, did you debate a lot of things, or you just questioned everything? I with live your mom a lot being in the legal field. I live a lot in my mind. So I will see there will be like a hundred things going on. Well break that down to us. What is it like in your mind? What do you okay. mean when you say I see in my mind? So I will see a hundred things going on at the same time and I will observe all one hundred things, but I'm not going to say that I saw all one hundred things. Do you understand what I mean by you that? See things before they happen. Yes. Too. Yes. They call that quarterback mind. So a lot of the times I'll say, hey, did you notice so-and-so to somebody? They'll be like, nah, I don't. what are you talking about? I'm like, okay, never mind. And then I just look crazy. So I just keep a lot of that stuff to myself. Um, so I do question things a lot, but in my mind. Like I'm having discussions <laughs> with myself in my mind, which is why I can't understand why someone would say, oh, I don't like being alone. Or, I can't stand being alone. When I'm by myself, it is fucking amazing. Like, I could be, <laughs> seriously, like I, I go on trips by myself. Like before I had kids, I would go on trips by myself like all the time. And people are like, how do you do that? Don't you want someone else to go with you? I'm like, no. Even before I met my husband, I would go out to eat by myself all the time. I'd go out dancing by myself all the time to the movies all the time. And I was excited. It's fun. Maybe because you understand who you are at a younger age. Because some people, they said the loneliest places because they don't like being alone, meaning that they're scared of their own thoughts. Maybe so. But I'm just like, just being inside of my brain and just having conversations is just so fun. I can't understand why anyone would want to have their inner dialogue constantly interrupted by someone else being around them 24-7. But you're an artist. We have to see that as well. Artists see things completely different. I guess you know? 
I guess so. When did you first notice your art? How young were you when you start noticing like these voices or not these voices, <laughs> but these images, these images? <laughs> How old were you when you started hearing voices? These um, images that you saw, like when did you know like this is art or I want to display my art? I would say very, uh, very early. I remember uh, in school we had this project where we had to draw about this lemony that we were selling. And I will never forget this. I was so upset because I came into school and someone had stolen my poster out of like the lobby. I was like, what happened? What? They're like, um, someone took it. I was like, I was like, who takes the kid's artwork? And they're like, do you want to make another one? I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, oh, we'll try to figure out who took it. But were you like sketching on your own though? Were you more like, I would do either one. I had sketchbooks. I would paint. I would sculpt. I liked woodworking. I just like making things. Because the people can't wear her home is like it looks like a, a art gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because it was like recently, maybe like two years ago, like on Instagram, you start posting more of your work. Yeah. Or you mm-hmm. start opening up more your yeah. posts. I was like, man, I didn't know she's a. It's like I knew she did something else. Like, man, right. she's an artist. She does this. She does that. Yeah, someone else was saying that. They're like, oh, you never. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I don't really. I was like, I. Well, the other thing too is that my youngest child just started going to school, mm-hmm. so I felt like a little bit freed at that point. Like, okay. oh, I can, you know, take this time and and uh, invest it elsewhere. But um, before that, I felt like. I had to be constantly in mother mode, feeding her, educating her, keeping her entertained, keeping her light on, so to speak. And I didn't feel like I had the time to um, do much of anything for myself except for when they went to bed. You know? Okay. Let's go back before mother mode. So right now inside your life, we got our sister, our little sister. We're back. Parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. We're starting to start see images and stuff like that. You're understanding that you like being alone. Mm-hmm. When does it happen when when you're getting ready to move from public, from private to public? That is there a was conversation one, saying like, hey, this is what about yes, to happen? Or why? Yes, and it was hell. I was 11. And... Um, at the time of the conversation, I thought it was a possibility. I didn't know it was a certainty. Is this another surprise to you? Um, and the way that I perceived it, um, I'm guessing, yes, it was a surprise. Or maybe I was in denial about the situation um, in my mind as an, as an 11-year-old. But I really loved going to Bank Street. So I did not want to leave there. And I had, have had both <laughs> intense resentment having to leave an environment that was so just happy and enriching and a place where I'd been since I was like three years old yeah. what was the conversation like we're just going to public school do you was there a reason why you went to a, from a private school my to a mother school? said my mother said that she felt like I needed to be exposed to like different people mm. and I was like, um, what? Like, I, I, I am exposed to different people. Like, what are you talking about? What, are you, what, are you, what do you mean different people? And what she was trying to say was like a different, I guess, class level of people. That's what she meant. At that school, were you considered with the upper class? The um, or more working class? 
they were not working class people. Most of them were not. So all your friends school. are okay. So, I mean, we went to uh, an amusement park where only we had tickets, and <laughs> no one was. Yeah, so like it, it was cle- cleared it out for this one child to have his birthday party. So oh, wow. like, that's the kind of those are the kind of children that I was going to school with. So, and, but I didn't know anything different. I was like, you ever notice you and your son have similar similar experiences? Because he didn't know nothing different about this house, right? Right. Well, yeah, I would say there are similar experiences. Um, they're just used to, they're used to a different lifestyle. And I want them to be used to a different lifestyle because I don't want them to go anywhere and be easily impressed. Oh, I like that. Um, well, how unimpressed were you when you go to this public school? Oh, I was intense. Give us the day. Give I was intensely day, unimpressed. The first day walking into the school. <laughs> Give us that environment. Lord. Um Wait, and does your sister go with you? Because she no, no, she, she went to a different no, she went to a different school because she's much younger than me. Four years, so that's what six. Right, seven. right. So initially, I was sent to a school called the Legacy School, which was supposed to be like the version of like a charter school back then, mm-hmm. and um, it was on Fourteenth Street, and. I only went there for two months, thank God, because it was a nightmare. Um, the kids were a nightmare. What was a nightmare? Yes, about? the kids were a nightmare. Um, they had so many. It was supposed to be this like independent school, which was supposed to be so great. But um, they had kids in there who they would like chase me home after school. Oh, it was like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would make fun of me in class. They were like, why are you reading so fast? Um, let us catch up to you. And then what they did is they moved me into a class with 10th and 11th graders. And As an 8th grader? As a 7th? No, this is as a 7th grader. Oh, that's not. Right. So um, they had this exercise where they would give all of us a copy of the New York Times. And then we would each be responsible for reading it. And then afterward we would decipher and talk through like what we had read and they would mock me and it it seemed like the more the teacher would say oh good job they would become very like irritated by me just being there so um and then the final straw besides being chased home on the train um I had chem lab with this one young girl and she was like 11 and she had all of these scars on her arm. And I said to her, I said, Oh, you know, this is one of the reasons why I almost never ask people questions. Like I don't want to know. Um, I was like, Oh, what are those? What are all those scars in your arm? All those little scratches. She was like, Oh, it's all the times I tried to kill myself. And in my mind, I was like, wait, there's kids out here trying to kill themselves. Like Mm -hmm. that was like the first time I had ever heard that. And it stuck with me for that day because I came home and I told my mom like what happened. And just in life, I was just like, like you took me out of private school (laughs) for this? Is this what you meant? Like, so, um, we went to the DOE, and then we ended up going to a much better um, 
junior high school. Did you make any friends in that setting while you're there for two months or no? No. You didn't connect with no one? Not at all. No. It was just, I never felt more different, more unappealing, more unattractive than when I was there. By your own people? Yes. Yes. They would mock my clothing because when I went to private school, we didn't, we didn't believe in name brand, right? So right. you wore whatever you felt like wearing. Like if you wanted to wear a tie-dye shirt that you made at that earlier that week and you wanted to wear whatever, sweatpants, plaid sweatpants that didn't match at all, nobody cared in, that, in my private school environment, right? So then you get into public school and they're like, oh, what are you wearing? How come you don't have on this? What, you know, where are your, where's your, um, I think. Fat. Right. Where's your Ralph Lauren? Where's your, you know, Ralph how come you, yeah, like people were wearing, remember chaps, maybe you don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Lauren was like so popular. And I was just like, all I was saying was crickets. Cause I was like, what, what do you mean? Like what brand names? Like I, I just go to my closet and I pick out whatever I want to wear, you know? And, um, this was the first time when it was, it was shown to me that what you are wearing and what you what you look like matters more than what you have to say and what you think mm. in that environment. And I wasn't used to that. I was used to what you have to say and what you think and how you interact with other people, how you treat other people matters more than what you're wearing. What does dad say? Is dad asking like how's school and you're like No, he wasn't. He wasn't. That was another thing too that was just like you know, like how do you not uh, like even bother to uh see what's going on, you know. Um, but that's why I say that I was really into talking and expressing myself with my mother. Um because if it wasn't for her, I probably, and my aunt as well, my Aunt Bernie, I probably would have had, like, no confidence at all. Like, zero. Did you get in a fight at that school? Were they close to getting in a fight? Or they just um, didn't like how different you were? And how... They just didn't like how different I was. I did get into fights at summer camp at a young, at a young Fist age. Fist fights? Um, well... I don't know if I would call it a fist fight. He called me. I, he was mocking the way that I was dressed. He was mocking the book that I had in my hand. Um, he's following me around. He's mocking my sneakers. This is when I was maybe about like around the same age, like 10 or 11. And my mother sent me to a camp that was like close to here. And um, he, he and his other friend called me the B word, which yes. made me like really upset. And... Um, I remember pushing him down and getting him into a headlock. And and that's the thing too, is a private school I had a lot of like male friends. So I was very like tomboyish, so I was just like mm -hmm. hanging around with like, a lot of boys. Um and I got him into like a sleeper hold. And his friend who also used to bother me was there. He's like, Oh no, stop, stop. You his eyes are starting to close. I was like, I'm not gonna let him go until you say sorry for calling me a bitch. I'm not going to. And he's like, no, you need to stop. He's like, I'm gonna call the counselor. I, said, I'm gonna, I was like, yeah, you should. You should call the counselor. Oh, and um, then he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore. And then I pushed his friend back to him and then they never bothered me ever again. Where do you learn this skill from? 
just, just hanging out with your were your cousins rough too or um because it seems like you grow up in this private school and private schools you don't seem like actually are that rough but no <laughs> i think private schools are rough because it's, you're getting <laughs> skilled fighters at private schools it, the thing is though is i never got into a fight really in private school i never had anyone put their hands on me in private school like we would play around like literally play around but it was never anything rough or crazy yeah, but how do you play around to know to put someone in a sleeper i used to, back in the day i used to watch a lot of hulk oh, hogan oh wrestling oh <laughs> never mind <laughs> i used to watch a babies. lot of that yeah um a lot of wrestling yeah i i did i used to like a lot of boy stuff too like i used to love transformers mm -hmm. i used to love like very like so-called masculine like things back then um but I don't even know where that came from. But my mom used to tell me, she'd say, if anybody bothers you, make sure that you hit them back. Oh, so mom was preaching that message. Yeah. And she said, do not do not let anyone talk to you any kind of way because if they do it, they're going to keep doing it and they're going to continue to think they can get away with doing it. And then everyone else will do it as well. So naturally, I, I wasn't an aggressive like Person. outwardly aggressive child. Like it's not something that would naturally occur to me to do. Like I liked. You're reactive. Yeah. Like, so I liked just being fun, being in my lane, you know, being left to my own thoughts. Like, but if you come into my personal orb and you interrupt what's going on over here, then I feel like I'm forced to, you know, push back. Um, did you find it different that these are the people from your own neighborhood? Yes. Because it's usually people in the neighborhood are supposed to protect. No, it was not that way. That's that's the other thing is that um, I'd, I'd never been, like I said, teased so much in my life and been made to feel so different. Like I, it, you might as well have said that I was like an alien of some sort, the way that they would talk. You know, it was like... I wasn't almost like I wasn't human. They would say such cruel and unkind things to me and just, you know, so it made me stick to myself more, I guess. Like I was yeah. already the kind of person who was, I wasn't really extroverted, but it just made me even more introverted. So I just really, really. These are your adolescence years. These are the years that you're supposed to, you know, how you develop who you are when you hit that, that preteen. Right. Right. Um, so two months you leave. Yes. Mom goes, okay, let's just get you to another school. Right. And you go to right. another public school. Yes. So How at is that this one? time, they organized the classes by test scores. So. Oh, wow. Right. So 701 were, were the kids who got like the highest test scores all the way down to 714. So basically like if you got 100 to 95 and you were in the these first 22 seats then you were in 701 and then the next second highest they were in 702 and everyone knew that like that was your rank you knew it everyone knew it and you were treated as such oh, right embarrassing. right so the other kids who were in like 710 711 712 they didn't really care for the kids who were in 701 and 702 so what ended up happening is the kids who were in 701 and 702 would typically hang out with each other because they didn't want to be bullied by the kids who were in like 714 715 and so on and so forth 
So um, but that's not even appropriate putting a seventh grader with teenagers. Well, or no, like I mean, no, no, and no, in this, no, in this school, it was the class. So maybe I'm not explaining myself properly. So there were 14 seventh grade classes. Oh, that's a lot. Yes, for instance, and so it could have, it might have even been 10. I don't know, but it was a lot of like seventh grade classes. So your class was based on how well you scored in the previous year on the test. So 701 were the people who scored the best, right. 702 were the people who scored the second best, and so on and so on and so forth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So if you were in 710. You and were, they were not as bright. Right. 714, you were not bright at all. Right. So everyone knew that, right? So we, I was in 702. I never, and I entered in the middle of the year, I never said anything to anybody that was cruel. Oh, you're in 708, you're a fool or something, whatever, you know. But for some reason, the kids who were in like 708 or 710 would like bully the kids who were in like 701 and 702. It was publicly acknowledged they weren't as smart. So, you know, and I didn't understand that either. There were these girls, they would bother me like almost every day. Um, the same kind of stuff, talking about the way I was dressed, you know, just threatening me, just... um. And just for no reason. It's just like I'm literally here minding my business. I, I, smarter than I don't say anything to you. I don't even so much as I didn't even know that you existed. Like, <laughs> you know, I, so I, I don't even understand what that was about. But um, what's the commute like to school? I took the train and I walked like a few blocks. That was very easy. Did you have like a Walkman or something like that or a CD player? Um, I didn't just because it wasn't safe. Um, if you're a young girl walking in the streets by yourself, um, to be walking through the street in the early morning, you can't hear someone come up behind you or stop in a car or come up, you know, around the corner. So that's why I didn't listen to music or Walkman unless I was like inside of my house. So as you go to school, do you recognize the girls that are messing with you or the girls who literally live in your neighborhood? Um, like nobody's grandmother steps in or say no, anything else? Or no, what, you know what's really fucked up too is sometimes the adults would... would Encourage it? Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the thing too. It's just like, wow. Was it a church environment? Yes. And these are church people too, church kids? They would, maybe they would say it was. It was in a Catholic school um, camp. Now, that doesn't mean that they were all Catholics. They could have very well been just, just going to get daycare. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I remember and some of the some of the priests were even rude too. Oh, that's. Yeah. Brother, what was his name? <laughs> his name was Brother. Brother. Uh, brother Love. Brother, what's his name? God, he's a fat guy with red hair. And he was, he was overweight, and he had his nails bitten down to the nub. And he was so mean. Like, just... And I used to wonder, like, how are you so mean and you're a, bro- a brother of the church? Like, this this does not make any sense. Like, I remember people would make fun of me and my brother because we were, we were upper class. Mm-hmm. So when we went to public school, we had to fight a lot of everything else. And then we told my grandmother... And she goes, what's the boy's name? And called his grandmother. Mm-hmm. 
And then she says, y'all got to be nice, everything else. And then she told me to fight him after she told me that. <laughs> after she gave right. me this information about right. black people, we got to be together. Right. She says, you go to school right. and you beat his age till right. you get tired. Right. Then after that, and then right. she got on the phone with his grandma. I was like, yeah, right. his daddy ain't in his life. His daddy's a mailman. He sees him every day. Right. And I, I wasn't supposed to say that part, but right. I told him right. that. That's right. when he started right. I was like, you know, your dad don't even love you. He goes, what? Oh God! But it was like that. It was like that. The people right. who were like, you talk like a white boy. I was like, right. what do white boys talk yeah, like? Exactly. They don't talk like that in my neighborhood. Exactly, and that's where that phrase comes in. Skin folk are not always kin folk, right? right? Because they used to say that to me a lot as a girl. Even now, oh, you talk so. Why you talk so white? I'm like, so speaking English, conjugating my verbs is white. So what you're basically. <laughs> What you're basically saying then is being ignorant then equals being black, which that's what you're saying right? indirectly. You're actually insulting me and saying that, you know, my blackness is mes- measured by whether or not I'm speaking Ebonics or what I don't know of certain topics. The ability to code. <sighs> the code switch. It's like that. That's why I think everyone who grows up in like middle class or upper class, you have that thing of just a challenge of blackness. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, I love my cousins. Some of my cousins grew up like this. I said, but I know good enough if I call them, it'll be game over for all of you guys in this school. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't, I don't understand how my mom could also say that. Like, you know, black people need to stick together. And, you know, because she's the one who told me all the stuff about the true history of, like, America. Okay. You know, um, but then she said the same thing that your grandmother said, which is that, hey, guess what? You know, you gotta fight these things. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, she she would also come to my aid in school. She would meet with the principal, and she would say, "Hey, these girls are bothering her." Um, and she also did that preemptively to mm-hmm. say, like, just in case if something happens, they're aware that there's an issue, that they won't try to turn around and blame you and say that you're the problem child because they weren't aware of these issues. Um, Did your sister school. have the same issue when she was growing up or not really? Not really. You f- you took it on before. Yeah, uh, she she was younger when she left private school, so maybe she wasn't as affected. Culture shocked. Um, whereas, you know, for me, I was like, you know, she and she was into like, you know, the... You know, she caught on quickly the Tims and the, you know, the shirts and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, I was just over here like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with like my glasses and my braids. Oh, that's the other thing too that killed me is in private school, no one said anything about my natural hair. Right. So I did not get a perm until I went to public school because Mm. the kids in public school would tease me about my hair being nappy mm. like nonstop. oh look at your hair why, why don't you get a perm what are those braids why do you have braids and i was just like you know like what's the big deal and um that was a thing for me too like like and i i also worked at a place which is a, supposed to be a very well-known black magazine which i'm sure you could figure out what it is yes Okay, and um, they I worked for them after I got out of college, and 
they discourage you wearing your natural hair. Mm. And um, they also discourage head wraps. And I remember that I was in between hairstyles and I was called on to HR and the lady who worked behind me, she said, oh, I already know what they're going to say to you because she had um, natural hair. And she's like, they're going to tell you that you're not supposed, they would prefer if you have a perm in here and that you don't ever cover your head and that you go to get your hair done every weekend. And I couldn't, I couldn't fucking believe every that. Every weekend, that's a, that's expensive. And, and it's not only that, this is a waste of my time. Like <laughs> this is like three or four hours of my weekend time. Like get out of here. And, um, I couldn't believe she said that. I was like, you know what? She, she's probably overreacting, but guess what? I got down there to HR and they told me exactly what she said they were going to say. And I was like, this is absolutely insane. If I told anyone, if I went to the press and said, this is what they're doing, people would be so shocked that, that this is happening in a black company. A bl and it's, it's like, 99% black there, the people that work there. Did you feel like as, as growing up, Brian, as you've grown up, as you experienced these, not, you, you experienced a different side of black. You didn't, you, mm -hmm. didn't, you didn't experience this black celebration. You got it from the older generation. Mm -hmm. So what was it like when you started going through, like, as you developed, were the boys still mean to you? Or like as you go through puberty and <laughs> stuff like that? Because everything changes yeah, when yeah, everyone starts it, growing. It does, it does. Well, for a while, I was, I went through a thing because I was taller than a lot of the boys in my class for like two years. So at 11, I was five six, five seven. Oh, that's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, so I felt funny like being taller than like almost all the boys in the class at any given time. And I was also very skinny at that point in time. So I, and that's another reason why people in the community would make fun of me. Oh, you're so skinny. Like, you know, culturally, you're supposed to have like these big hips and this huge bottom and like, you know, oh, you're, everybody's supposed to be thick, 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 thick. That's beautiful. So, Obviously, I'm not at this point in the game walking around with anybody's thick. So they would make fun of me for that. The boys would put you down, put me down for that. Mm. Um, and that didn't really change until I was like 14. But even then, like if I wouldn't give a boy a time of day, he would just turn around and be like, oh, well, fuck you. You ain't got no ass, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's not funny, but, but, they, but, but that's what I hear on the street all right, the time. Right, exactly. So, and after a point in time, I was just like, okay, that's tired. Like, come up with something new. Like, okay, I know my butt is not huge. Like, I'm fine with it. Um, I got another question. As you're getting teased and as you're getting bullied, is this when you start diving more into your art and expressing yourself that way? Um, actually one of the things that saved me was not actually the art. It was my cats. I became much more invested in like hanging out with animals because I was just so disgusted and so deeply disappointed with human beings. I was like zero out of 10 would not recommend like, so I got more into like animal rescue and like 
cats. You know, I started dog walking and all that other stuff. No sports? Were you like a sporty type person or? Not really. Like the stuff that I liked at that stage in the game, they did not have for girls. So I liked like hockey. What? Oh, really? I liked soccer at this point in, in the game. And it wasn't really like a girls soccer league when I was 11 years old. Um, and they wanted me to play basketball because I was good so at it. Tall. But I didn't enjoy it. It was like okay yeah great you know but i didn't really like it i didn't like playing it when did you first meet your first genuine friend at a public school when does that happen when do you meet someone that's just i like was you? similar to no me 20. 12 oh who's then who's this person um christine well a, a few of them but christine was to me the most relatable because you know she also didn't have a perm at this point and um, she was she was light skinned. Her family was from the Caribbean, and she also loved to read. So I was like, oh, you know, um, a normal person. Um, you guys bond immediately. I wouldn't say like we bonded immediately. I would say like over time because also she was in that same class and we would sit at the same table. So it was more of a, a natural, organic thing over time mm -hmm. because we were in that same environment. Um, are you still contacting your old friends yes. from the private school? Yes. Are you yes. guys still having like play dates and? Yeah, I still talk to them. Mm -hmm. During that time, some of them yes. Probably wondering, some of them, like, oh my some gosh, of them yes. What are you going through? Or? Yeah, some of them yes. But but see, that's the thing is, I didn't really talk that much about that because it didn't. It, there was no point in actually talking about it. Like, where where is the remedy in talking about it with my cohorts there's a remedy in speaking about it with my mother because she's going to reach out and do something about it mm -hmm. there's nothing soothing about just telling my friends because they can't really do anything to help, help the situation you. and when i does it stop though when does it like when is the time where it finally stops <sighs> when does it finally stop um mm, i would say 11th grade of high school that's a long time that's a, a long time. It is a long ass time. It is a long ass time. So most of your whole adolescence is you yeah. on. Yeah. But the, they didn't do anything anymore. The, the the chasing stuff stopped when I left that really bad school. That stopped. What do you notice with people? Our people were always roasting each other. It's but it it's different. It, it's different when it's friendly roasting and when it's done to be mean. So yeah. there was there was a child in high school. He would roast everybody. I never felt bad about what he would say because he did it to everyone. Right. But then the the kids, they only do it to that one person. Right. That is mean. I understand. I understand that. But I realize that our people are just always. It don't matter who you are. And sometimes right. I have to tell people like, I said, why are you so defensive? I was like, man, my cousins are freaking savages. <laughs> right. They'll make fun of your crusty nose, everything. Right. I was like, you get it right. from your family, so right. you're always very defensive but i noticed like mm -hmm. a person who is teased is a person who's always quick to either shoot fast at you mm -hmm. or they'll just be dismissive to your whole soul they'll be looking right through you like excuse me goodbye yeah exactly that's what i do unless if they personally like make it their business to come up and say something to me personally I, you don't exist so you're right now Mm -hmm. Not getting te well, you're not getting chased home anymore. No, not getting chased home anymore. Mm -hmm. 
the people who are bothering you go to your same church, right? No, not to the same church. But they, they're in your same neighborhood. Yes, in the same neighborhood. Yes. And it's a different set of kids. There's a set of kids in the neighborhood and there's a set of kids at school. Which one's worse? <sighs> <laughs> I would say it's, it's I would say it's equal. It's, it's equal. So they yeah, said, you can't escape it then. I know. You couldn't escape it at all. Oh, right, that sucks. exactly. It did suck. It did. And um you know, I just I didn't I didn't hang out with them and they didn't understand why. I'm like, why well, first of all I'm not allowed to hang out on the street. That was number one. My mother would beat my whole ass if she ever caught me hanging out on the street. Um What's hanging out on the street though? Because our, do you no, live like, on the but yeah, New but York no. is a street. Like I didn't get that. When people are like, Don't be out on the street, I'm like, Well, where are they gonna hang out at? There's and no part She's like, You should be at home like doing your homework. You have no reason to be out on the street. If you're not going to chorus after school or to band practice or to violin practice or piano practice or orchestra, there's no reason for you to be outside, basically. Like that's the way I grew up with my mom. Mm. Yeah. And I understand but it would now. You, would you say your sister com- grew up completely different? No, she grew up similarly. Was she out on the streets though? No. She, she got away with a little more a little more my mother eased up a little bit with her um when she got into high school but my mother was still like pretty strict so what does dad say at this time nothing much i mean he agreed with my mother for the most part about not being in the street and it's all all it is is a bunch of I don't want to use the word that he used, but I <laughs> know <laughs> anyway. Um, a bunch of just riffraff. Dang. Yeah. So he, they both agreed that, you know, we. Were they strict be. on dating? Were they like, you don't need to date, you don't need to do this, or? Well, I, I did go out to the movies with boys when I was like fourteen, but it had to be in a group. And my mother had to know their parents. Oh, wow. If she did not know their parents, I was not going anywhere. First dude that caught your interest, what was his name? Josiah. Oh, he had a biblical name. Yes, he did. I remember his last name, too. Was he in them high classes like you were? Mm, that I would, This was actually in private school when this happened. And... um I remember feeling so unloved and so unattractive because of all the stuff that had happened to me, like with the neighborhood children, mm-hmm. that all of the hints that he was th- throwing painfully like a pie in my face, I missed them because it, the idea of someone liking me was such a foreign idea. Wow. Because my my social confidence was just so, so low. That's a clip right there. Yeah. It was. And what was like the obvious cues? Like what? Like what was he saying? Like, oh, I would like to walk you home. Oh, you look nice today. Yes. Oh. Yes. He was like walking me to the bus every day. He, he was giving me a hug when I would get on the bus to go home. <laughs> you were just like, what a nice guy. Yeah, exa- I was. I was like, oh, he's so nice. But I did I did like him. But in for me, I would never, ever, 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 ever 
hit on a guy first even now to this day i would never do that it's again it's totally against my personal religion like i don't personal religion. yeah it is like i'm a gazelle you're the lion i gazelles don't chase lions that's it like i'm not if you guys are both lions lioness those the the creatures that get the food and do everything else <laughs> then he needs to just play his position because i'm not i'm i'm sorry that's one thing i'm not willing to step out of that role like some women like that they like being in the masculine role they like chasing the man you know times have changed not biology hasn't though biology hasn't but with society everything changes because when your kids get old it's going to be completely different it is but it won't and my sons will be gems because they'll understand that some things change and some things never change if they're baseball players just like their dads if the women are chasing them it might be too tiring to chase left-handed pitcher I don't know. I, I feel like at the end of the day, why does a diamond have worth? Or why does a gem have one? Because not everyone can have one. Or, to this day, a lot of people don't like diamonds because they are blood, blood gems. A lot of people don't like blood, blood diamonds anymore. Well, there's, there's diamonds that are not blood diamonds. Allegedly. You know. Um, so Josiah, yes. does his mom know your mom? Um, Is he in the neighborhood? or where? No, he's not in the neighborhood. So you barely, you only no. get to see him at school. He was a friend of my my close friend Malik. He's friends. Guy with who taught him. you how to tie your shoes. Yes, yes, and his mom. Um, so based on that, I w- you know, I was okay with him and his family, and um, and then one day in Riverside Park, he gave me this ring. And I remember thinking, like, oh, how nice it was. And I don't remember if he asked me out or something to that effect. And I remember, like, in my mind pausing because I was just like, oh. Like, uh, it kind of, like, made sense in my mind. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. But I did like him, but I would never, I wouldn't have ever said that. I wouldn't have ever verbalized that because it's just not my personality. So, Josiah first nice person mm-hmm. what about leading on because you said the teasing stops at 11th grade oh anybody else because i feel like dudes do change well, i don't know all dudes but some guys change now when they start getting interested in the people i feel like that the 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 not josiah thing is not it still fits in with the mold because he wasn't in in your the, neighborhood yeah he wasn't he wasn't um and um have you ever seen any of your past bullies? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. How's that dynamic changed? Um any apologies? I'm trying to think. I don't I only one person said sorry, but the rest of them haven't. And they're acting like cuz we're older now that that I just forgot. And I'm like, <laughs> and we like a picture on Instagram. Girl. Sweetheart, let me just tell you something. Nobody forgets. If you're on fire and there was no water left in the world, and my bladder was full of piss. <laughs> I would not pee on you. <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying. I mean, and I know that sounds terrible, but you can't cause someone all of that pain and anguish and make them even think about killing. possibly killing themselves. That's a fact. And think that, oh, all is forgotten because it was 20 years ago. Right. Mm, no, absolutely not. Like, no way. 
Would you say in 11th grade you found people who were more like you? Um, I, fo- I found two. There were two of them that were in the high school that were more like me. But I, but I was never at the point where I had like hundreds and dozens of friends. I think the thing for me and my family was since we we're in the mil- my dad's in the military, we found people like us. Mm. So it was a whole group of people who always thought like us and everything mm-hmm. else. It was like a haven. Well, that that's a good thing to have. Everybody else. That's a good thing to have, because I definitely only had like a handful of people. You know. Did you go to prom? You um, remember if you went to prom? I I did not go to prom. I went to my college prom formal but I didn't go to my high school prom was it a choice not to go or um just trying to think it was a choice for me because I didn't feel like a part of the group mm. I didn't feel like um accepted I didn't feel like welcome there were even some teachers who were kind of like awful people um Throughout your mind, are you wondering, like, still, like, man, I never should have left this private school? Oh, yeah, I definitely don't. I, I will, I... To this day, yeah, yeah, you would have so, completely different... I'm salty about it. Like, any anytime I revisit it, like, revisit the memory, I can get back, like, into that day and time because I'm so intensely bothered by um, all of the things that led up to that, you know, um... So it definitely changes you when you're forced to be in an environment that you would really rather not be, especially one in which you are so different according to everyone else around you. Were you you. into anime and stuff like that? No, I wasn't into anime. I was not. I was not. Um, I was into like cartoons, cartoon characters, drawing cartoon characters, like... Did Batman. people tease that too? The people. Yes, I I hit it because they would make fun of me. Batman, Superman, drawing all that stuff. Marvel, DC. Yes, all that stuff. So um, it's kind of like you're placed in the wrong era because right now all that stuff is cool. I know. I was like, what what's happening here? Um, so when you're in eleventh grade, when does mom have that talk to you? Just like, all right, we're going to college. What college are you going to? Let's start looking. When yeah. does that conversation like? Do you know where you want to go? Are you saying yeah. like, hey, I want to leave New York City completely? No, I definitely wouldn't say that because I had a high school sweetheart that was in New York. Wait, whoa, wait, where did where does he come from? <laughs> this this is what happened in eleventh grade, and then also. Um, I just really like the city. That's the thing. I didn't want to leave the city. Um, so I wanted to spend my so-called party years like in the city. So let's find, where do we find this high school sweetheart? Is he in He was name? in the high school that I was in. Same age, same age. He everything. was a year ahead of me. A year ahead of More me. More mature. But I mean, like, more uh, mature as in not, not teasing you and stuff like that. Well, no, he wouldn't have been doing that because then he wouldn't, I wouldn't even talk to him. So how do y'all meet? You just bump into each other at the locker? No. Um, we had gym class together. And he was sitting, like, three spaces away from me. And he was always, like, staring at me. And then, <laughs> then somehow, like, He's on, always staring right, somehow, like, a few days later, like, three days later, instead of him sitting three spots away, he was sitting, like, right next to me. 
And I just remember walking up and being like, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, yeah, I switched spots with so-and-so. And and I was like, okay. But by this time, I'm a little more, like, aware of, like, what's happening. I wasn't, like, when I was, like, 11 years old, I didn't really get it. Um, And so he's just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And he seems like he's a nice boy. I end up meeting his mother and his father. They're also Caribbean. Oh, okay. So that was nice. Um, Cause there's like certain things that you're like, okay, at least he's not going to be doing this or that. And um, there's more, there's different values there, so to speak. Um, Do people's reaction change to you through your association with him? Yeah, and not in a good way though, cause he I, he used to get himself in trouble a lot. Um, so you liked the bad boys at the time. I I didn't know that he was one though, because afterwards people made comments like oh oh i noticed that now since he met you he started to do his homework and he's in class now <laughs> i was like wait what like what? He's, he's in class now so you're saying he was cutting class so and then he told me later on that if it wasn't for me he doesn't even know if he would have graduated from high school wow yeah so i was like thanks for telling me that Good why didn't you guys go to prom together um, well, he was a year ahead of me, and I don't know what happened, but I think he wasn't interested in going because he was originally from a Catholic school, and he transferred. He got actually kicked out of that school, I found out later on, for doing something like super stupid. Um, so he was only in um, school with me for, I want to say, a year. So and that was the year that everyone stopped. That's the thing everything stopped. Um yeah, yeah, but it had stopped before I met him. Like he didn't really have anything to do with it because he himself was seen as a pretty boy. Mm. So everybody was looking at him calling him pretty this, pretty that, blah blah blah. Um so as far as people were concerned, we looked good together. Got it. Um, so as you're going to college, you're like, I'm going to stick around here. We're already dating. What college did you decide to go to? I went to Manhattan College in Riverdale. Is that HBCU or? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. What type um, of school is that? A lot of people a go private, to it's a private Catholic school, Jesuit school. Why did you choose that school? Um, I liked that it had very small classes. I really liked that. I didn't like these big like arena arena classrooms where it's like a rock star, like someone singing in the front. And there's like thousands of kids like lined up in the back. Um, I liked that it. it seemed closer to the environment that I was coming out of, which was smaller classes, discourse with the teachers, with the professors, um, and that mattered to me. And then it was also very close to New York City. So, and then I could also go visit my mom on the weekends when I wasn't, you know, um, having mm-hmm. classes. So we're in college. Well, who has that conversation with you? Everybody has that conversation. Does mom and dad say, "All right, we're going to college. What's your major? What's everything else?" Or you decide this? Are you the I, independent I decided, person? I decided that for the most part. Um, 
I told him I wanted to major in bio and I wanted to be pre-vet because at this point in time, Say I Say the would, animals. Yeah, right. And they were like, okay, great. Um, they were trying to get me to apply for Ivy League schools, but I saw the price tags and also that they were like really far away and I was like, I don't know if I want to. Did you have a lot of scholarships since you're so smart? I I had them, but not even enough to make up for it. I mean, the private school was just so expensive. You know what I mean? It was, at this point in time, it was $25,000 a year. Oh. Yeah. Wait, Manhattan is a city school? Like, what happens? No, it's a it's a private Jesuit school. So that's still... In Riverdale. And, uh, but even that was way less than going to, like, an Ivy League school at that point in time. Does your mom allow you to go outside now? Yeah. But even that, I still had to check in with her. I wasn't allowed to just be out all night long. Did they have phones back then? When you're in college, that's when in, in college. Razors, in college, yes, phones. yes, I had a cell phone. I remember it in college. It's the first time I had a cell phone, a little Nokia. It was red. I remember those. <laughs> and uh, yes, in college, I was able to just do pretty much whatever I wanted. In college, how does the city open up when you get in college? <sighs> Well, first of all, that, Lord, um, <laughs> it's, it's very different. Um, I could talk about that part for hours. That was when I really found my true. It was your nails. Oh, my nails. <laughs> what were my nails doing? What? You hear that little noise? Uh-huh. So it's gone now. Oh, okay. Um, so that's when I really found my niche was when I went to, um, college and I started going out in the nightlife and that's when, um, I realized I was like, oh, I'm not as ugly as these people were saying that I was. That's when I found people who found me desirable in that circle. How does that change your confidence when you find that people found you desirable? Um, I finally felt normal. I finally felt like a human being. But to the question, since New York City is a wide range, like partying is completely different. Mm-hmm. So were you, was it more older men or more men that you were your age? And you have a boyfriend at the time. It was both. It was both. How does that change the dynamic of him? Um, well, it changed it a lot because you have men who are really nice to you. They don't want anything in return. They, they're not looking for sex automatically. They're not looking to touch you. Um, they would literally just take you out, show you a good time, all kinds of nice places, nice things. Show you a good time. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it was so much more than my boyfriend at the time was doing for me. And he was also lacking in his communication and the amount of time he was spending. He himself was goofing off. He ended up dropping out of college, and he didn't tell me. Did your mom ever tell you about, like, an age range to be all like, hey, no. you're 18, maybe not date a 30-year-old? or <laughs> No. No, she didn't. No. <laughs> so when did you get 18? You're 18 in college, right? Yes. Yes. What is, what's like, is New York City like you have to be 21 to get in or they don't care? Well, okay, that's the thing. So you are supposed to be 21 to get in. You're supposed to have ID to get in. As long as your ID says 21 
or you know someone, you're part of this accepted circle, right. you can get in and walk in anywhere you want. I t yeah, really, truly. I took my sister, who you know is four years younger than you me. You took your sister to a club. And yeah, <laughs> mathematically, we both know she wasn't 21. Um, but, you know, obviously I didn't do any hard drugs. I wasn't into that. And I wasn't into getting like pissy drunk. So I just like to go to the, go out, listen to the music, have a good time. And that was it. You just like to dance. Right. And so I would bring my sister and we would do the same. And we'd come home like really late. But I would never let anything happen to her. Wait, your mom would just let your sister go out? As long as she was with me, yeah. Yeah. So she's partying and she's the one having like this extremely. So you were like the super one to introduce her. Well, what was it like? To, oh, that's probably different. So definitely <laughs> at a club, people don't even know she's 14 dancing with her. Where can I find you? At my high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and she wasn't like meeting men either. Like we, uh, meeting men wasn't the point of going out. You just the point of going out, right, was to dance and listen to music and just meet people and have a good time. What is the polite way to tell a gentleman, no, you don't like to dance? Not that I don't like to dance, that I don't want to dance. You yes. Mean? What is the appropriate gesture to be like, no, I'm fine? Um, this is completely different what for I you would, too, though. What I would say back then is I would say, oh, um, I'm, I'm taking a break now, or my feet hurt. <laughs> Or I'm thirsty, you know. I would say something like that. I wouldn't say, "Well, hey, and I then just don't." Comes on. I just don't want to dance with you, you know. Um, yeah, I would make up an excuse because, as we see, a lot of men cannot handle the rejection of a woman saying, "Like, I'm not interested." Or, oh, and at some point in time, I would use, I would wear a fake engagement ring, <laughs> and I would say, I would point to it, and I would say, "No, I can't. I'm taken." You know, even though I, it was something that I bought off the street for ten dollars, just, just to say that, you know. Um, How do you find the healthy balance of school and partying? I was pretty disciplined, so I didn't have a problem going to class and then going out on the weekend. School came easy to you, for the most part, yeah. And this is you outwardly expressing your writing. Like when I'm trying to figure out when you started like jotting down your thoughts and like thinking like oh, oh this is when I was in like high school junior high school I actually used to have a journal that was like really long and I stupidly threw it away it was like 300 pages and I got rid of it I wish I would have kept it now but it was a journal Look back on it yeah yeah like but you know they didn't have Google Drive <laughs> back then so. this is a journal though this is like an audio journal where you can always go back well this was this was um. I was typing. Typing. Mm -hmm. So you're still studying bio, biology? Yeah, I was. Saving the animals. Right. And then I changed in the middle after I learned about, number one, all the responsibility you'll have. Like, people will blame you, basically, if like, their animal <laughs> dies. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want that. And then the amount of money that they were saying that you're going to make, I'm like, so wait a second. I'm going to go through all this schooling. I'm going to have all this responsibility. And the dollars are not going to add up to equal what all this debt I'm taking on and the responsibility I'm going to have. I was like, this is not looking good. So I changed my major to marketing Ooh. and finance. Yes. How does that change? That's a completely different social aspect. Yeah, it did. And it made everything like so much easier. Like, 
um, in life. Yeah, and just it just took a lot of weight off me. And then the math in business is like so much easier. Um, but again, math also came naturally to me. So I kind of slacked off a little bit because I was used to coming in and not having to like really pay much attention and just get really good grades because it was me and this other um, Asian woman. Oh, she's we're the same age. So, but she and I used to like break the curve, and it w I enjoyed doing it only because I remember the look on people's faces when they saw that this black girl broke the curve. They mm. expected it from her, but they didn't expect it from me. So did they announce it like the black girl broke the curve? Or you well, just no, no. The teacher, or the professor, would be like. Hey, guess what? We got two. We got oh, two yeah. A plus pluses. Come on up. What I don't remember her, what her name. They would used to say that they would just bring you guys up. And, yeah, he'd be like, oh, "Come wow. on up, everybody, clap it up, clap it for, clap it up for range." She got 108 on the test. That means this is an A. So if you, <laughs> if you got 100, <laughs> you're not getting an A. You're getting a B plus. Like so. Oh. Do you understand? Because yeah, he graded yeah, on yeah. a curve. So. People be like, oh, so you know. 70. Man, it's really an F this time. <laughs> right, right. So um, I didn't enjoy g making them get a D or an F. It was did you enjoy fact. public praise? I did. I did. I did like that part. Because it's such an opposite of getting the public an embarrassment. Right, exactly, exactly. But also that no one expected that from me because. Except you, though. You're the only one that knew. Right. So, um, and I remember this one kid asking me, he's like, how do you do that? I was like, how do I do what? He's like, how do you get, how do you get all those answers right? I'm like, because I read the book and I paid attention. Because I, I read the book. And I enjoy doing these problems. I enjoy finding the answer. He's like, it's so hard. It's so boring. He's like, and he said, I never would have expected like that from you. That's, that's kind of. That's in a low and a different way of saying that he thought you were stupid. Right, right, right. right. A polite way of saying, right. That, oh. Right, right. So I was like, oh, okay, good to know. And But that's the way I've learned society will look at you, you know. Where are you staying at when you're in college? I was staying on campus for the first two years. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Who was your roommate? Did you have a roommate or... I did. I had a roommate. She was really awful. She just, she hated me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I think she, looking back on it now, she was just very racist. And I remember she was talking about in her town that, like, there were no black people in her town. What town was that? I don't even remember, but she was just. Alabama. She was so just angry all the time. I don't even know what her problem was. And then, um, oh, I remember what she did. She worked in the administrator's office, mm -hmm. and she was mad at me for something that had happened. So she decided to take a letter that that um, my mother had written or someone had written from like my personal file and what? posted on the front of the door, like for like other people to read. Right, and then she got in trouble, and she had to move her room to somewhere else, and then she was reprimanded. And she gave me an apology, but it was a fake one. I, I knew she wasn't genuine. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not genuine, but whatever. Let's just move on. Um, and I still don't know why, what her problem was to this day. 
That sucks. You're like always around people who got issues. I know. But then my second roommate, she ended up being like really great. She was nice. And then we got along and we'd go out together and they actually had the same name. Her name was Caitlin. Um, and she was really nice. Yeah. But even her, I didn't, I wouldn't go out with her all the time because I just like going out by myself. So we are in our, we're in college. Mm-hmm. We change majors, mm-hmm. right? We're going out. Mm-hmm. We're, our view of ourselves is completely changed now. More yes. confidence. Yes. Yes. More confidence. Mm-hmm. More polite ways of telling men no. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We're taking our sister out to the club so she can experience this <laughs> college life. Yeah, and it, in ways it wasn't even college life because a lot of the kids that were there, they would stay in their rooms and just get drunk or go to like the local pub or like smoke weed. Like that was, that was like their weekend because they were just so happy to be away from their parents. So was it because you grew up strict a little bit? <sighs> you know, when we would have family gatherings, they would have rum punch. Oh, and it wasn't a big deal for you to have a sip of it. Like, so I didn't grow up in an an environment where alcohol was like vilified. Okay. But I also never saw drunk people like at family gatherings. So it was okay to drink, but I never saw anybody like, like throwing up or like stuttering or like, you know what I mean? So when they would bring out the, this cheap alcohol (laughs) and they would, you know, be like parading it around like, oh, time to get drunk. I was confused because I was like, what, what's the big deal? You know, like, why right. are you so obsessed with, you know, you could do this anywhere. We're in Manhattan. We're, we're in New York City. Like, why don't we go out and have some experiences? I mean, what kind of new experiences are you going to have locked in your dorm room with the same people you see every week drinking and getting high? So your college friends are like, what, how many? High school friends, we had about four. Mm-hmm. College, do we open up that? Mm, like, I had about like two to four friends in college, but only like, only like one close friend. Where did you meet her, or him? In chemistry class, I met her in chemistry class. Mm-hmm. Was it the same? Have you noticed the pattern throughout your life, is that you've always been like the higher, the highest echelon of brightness, and you're always acknowledged for how smart you are. Um, for and the not most so part, great way. Yeah, in a negative way. <laughs> right, negative like you're way. supposed to praise people for being uh, right, smart, right. but it's kind of like, like saying, like, mm, yeah, you're the reason why we're getting D's right now. Right, right. You're in this right. high class. Right. Inside of our neighborhood. Right. Yeah. When does that celebration become like admiration? Um, I feel like deep down inside, people don't want to have admiration because then they have to acknowledge their own flaws and something that they may not be doing. Oh, that's deep. You know, being able to look at someone and say, well, I admire what they've done means that you have to also be able to look at yourself and either have admiration for yourself or not have admiration for yourself. How many people when you go back, so when you get out of college, everyone has a break, so you go back home. How many mm-hmm. people from high school do you see not doing anything? Oh, all the time. And what's that like? Does it... Does it change a little bit to be all like, oh, Zakia, we're rooting for you a little bit? Or no, it's just like, oh, look no. at that college girl. No, it doesn't. They're like, oh, she's stuck up. Who does she think she is? <laughs> yeah. <Man. laughs> yeah. She's, she has her nose in the air. 
you know. When do we break up with our high school boyfriend? When do we tell him, um, all right, sir, at, it's time to move on? At the end of, my, towards the end of, what was the end? Middle end of my first year of college. Yeah. I found out that he had dropped out of college. He totally disregarded our five-year plan. Five-year uh, plan? Yeah. Y'all developed a five-year plan? Yes. That was all you, right? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and he, a five-year plan. Right. And I was like, um, this is not with the plan. I was like, so what are you going to do? I was like sitting there like in his parents' house. I was like, what are you going to do? Like, what's what's your next move? He was like, I don't know. Like, and I bet his parents are yeah. like, that's what you need right there. She got it. Right. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was just like, um, he was like, I'm going to take some time to figure it out. And the voices in my head are like, he has lost his fucking mind. Like, take some time. <laughs> Girl, we don't have time for that. He needs to figure that out on his own. So I woke up like two days later and I felt like this weight was just completely off of me. Like, it was just like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm done. It's over. Free in the city now. And, um, and I went to tell him. I gave him back his ring. And Oh, wait, no, I wanted to give, his back, give him back his ring. And he said no. And um, But I just, I was finished. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. We break up with him. Mm-hmm. What does your mom say? Or they don't care. Um, my mom was just like, oh, what happened? And I told her. She was like, oh, I understand. What does Pop say? He doesn't care? He was surprised that he dropped out. Mm. That's what he was surprised about. Um, but they thought I was too young to be engaged anyways. To be engaged? To be engaged? Yeah. Oh, you didn't say that part. Yeah. Let's back that up, too. <laughs> what? You got engaged at 18? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wild. What yeah. is these Caribbean households? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, he proposed to you at 18 years yeah, old? Yeah, yes. Where at? Where was it at? Because you don't like surprises, <sighs> so. Um, it was in Jekyll and Hyde on 59th or 57th Street, I guess, 57th Street. But now that explains the five-year plan. Yes. Exactly. He proposed it at 18. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean. You said yes? I did. It was also in public, so I didn't <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, which is nothing I don't like, like, you know, but um, I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. What type of ring was it? Um, I liked it. It was like a silver ring with like um, diamonds, which I later learned were cubic zirconia. Which you get pictures of it? Of I don't engagement? have, I don't have any, any of them. No, I didn't keep them. That is wild being engaged at 18, like it's the 1940s. I know. I said, in many ways, I'm like a 92-year-old lady because I have a very, like, different ways of doing things. Than, than yeah, you, like, people. barely skip past that part of just, like, engagement. <laughs> That's a very big deal. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's not, that's, like, the first, well, my husband is, like, the third guy to give me a ring. So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like. You lived a lot of lives. No, it's just relationships are should be a natural thing and i feel like nowadays people are making it that relationships are not a natural thing but i also think that has to do with society being really misled what do you mean break that down for us 
people have the roles, the proper roles of men and women and, and not just in societal ways, but in biological ways mixed up. <laughs> Meaning? Um, like for me, I believe in breastfeeding, yes. right? I believe that the breasts are for the baby, right? Um, not for adults. Right, they're not for adults. They're really not. You've always thought that? Yes. So when before I had kids, I planned to have, I originally said I want to have five kids and I want to breastfeed them. Um, I didn't really want to give my kids formula when I was, before I had kids. Um, I ended up being kind of, not forced to, but I did because I had twins and there wasn't enough milk to go around. But um, when you have babies and you're breastfeeding, then that means that you have to stay home because it's really hard for you to work if you're you're the one with the breasts, right? So men don't have breasts, they don't have milk. So logically then, you need to be in a position where you can stay home and be taking care of the children. Now I see what you're saying. And nurturing them, making sure they have a secure foundation as kids. And the male primate man in the household is supposed to take care of his offspring and the mother of his offspring. So that being said, I feel like a lot of the things that have been created in today's society really don't, some of them benefit women, but a lot of them don't benefit women. Give me an example that doesn't benefit women. Maternity leave doesn't benefit women. Maternity leave, it should be expanded. It's a year in Canada. It should be two years. You, they should have your job. Um, you should be able to get um, money for um, food also. It shouldn't be like, Oh, you're just not working, but then you have no money coming in. Right. So they say oh, women have do such a great job. Okay, so then why don't you give us money for food and rent, right? So that we can take care of these children, right? Um, you have a lot of women who stay in abusive relationships because they don't feel like they have a choice um, because they have babies by someone and they need money from that person or whatever, what have you to survive. Um, if we had better rules and regulations to take care of mothers and children, um, society would have so much fewer problems. I agree with that one. Um, a lot of motherless people walking around. Out there here. are a lot of motherless people. Explains the meanness, explains everything mm, else, explains... Yes. Yes. A lot of young people taking care of people who don't know what they're doing. Right. You have children having children. You have people who are not really emotionally healthy enough to have children. People who haven't been taught about their bodies. Um, I, I read this thing that was really troubling to me like two weeks ago how this young girl, she was like 14, she had sex. She didn't even know what sex was because no one had taught her. And she ended up pregnant. She didn't even know she was pregnant until a few months later. And she had to give the baby up for adoption. Mm. But because no one taught her that this particular act is sex. And from this act, you can become pregnant. When do you feel like it's the appropriate age to have that conversation? Oh, I think as early as, early as they ask. My children ask me all kinds of inappropriate questions and I answer them because 
I don't want them to get their knowledge from the streets. I would say that you as a mother is completely different because you are more open, right? And they have that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And you might, would we would say that you are a new age mother. Maybe. I mean, my mom was very open with me too. She was very like honest. You but know. you very, meaning that your kids are very educated of what's going on around the world. Mm-hmm. And they're aware of who they are mm-hmm. and what they do and do not like. Right. They are very vocal about what they do and don't like. They're very vocal about who they are as people. And that is a test to the parents mm-hmm. raising them. Right. Right. Well, if they can't do it as children, how are they going to be able to do it as an adult? Facts. I mean, that's why you have people who are living lives that they really shouldn't be living because no one taught them that it's okay to just be themselves. 18, you get engaged. When's the second time you got engaged? Um, I was like 22, but that was kind of like informal. What's an informal engagement? He was like, I want you to wear my mother's ring. <laughs> so he didn't, <laughs> he didn't say, like, I want us to get married. but um, And I did. I wore his mother's ring. And I was like, we would talk about what our kids would look like and, like, having children and, like, the future and all of other stuff. But then um, he, I felt like he was too controlling, like, trying to tell me what to wear Caribbean man again? He wasn't Caribbean, no. He was white. <clears throat> Grew up in New Jersey. And um first man you dated outside your race? No. Mm not by a long shot, no. Um Josiah would have been the first one, if you want to be like technical about it. Um and the thing too is that most of the men who were coming up to me correctly were men who were not of my race. Interesting. Um, Or not from your neighborhood. That and also, once again, my body type was not considered the desirable body type, right? In different states. Well, I don't know. You didn't live down <laughs> south. Southerners are completely different. You look, you look at Instagram. I mean, <laughs> Instagram is not real. They want, they but want Instagram that. Is not real. The, the queen, BBLs, the queen of thickness. <laughs> the BBLs. <laughs> you know, they are created players. Though some of them aren't real bodies. I, I, I know, but I mean, even as a kid, that's what was praised. Do you know what I mean? Like rappers, it was, everything. Yeah, yeah yes. it's like even in the videos. You know, you look at the videos. It's like they're pouring champagne and oil on these women <laughs> with. You know, ample bosom and ample backside. You know, like very few of them are. are but in real life, those actors are not that thick. They're very small people. Well, the ones that even look thick on TV are not thick in real life. I don't know. But when I was 18, 19, I was be- between a size two and a four. So that was what not that seen. Mean? I was considered very skinny. What's that like in, I don't, I don't know what a two and a four is. Is that like a 16 in jeans or something? No, that's a, that's a way. I can show you pictures of the way I used to look when I was, when I was like. So skinny. Yes, yes. So. How does I, your sister, as your sister's mm-hmm. growing up with you, right? Do you find yourself being a mama bear to her? Are you always all over her? Or she had that freedom to explore? Um, no, she had the freedom to explore. I mean, she would ask me like things and I would tell her the truth, but I was never like overbearing with her. Like, I would, like, oh, cause then 
if you become that way, then but she's partying with, you know, you know, she's not going to be honest with me. If I'm always constantly judging her and down her throat, you know, then she's not going to want to be open and tell me how she really feels. Hmm. So you're like that second mom a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I definitely was. But I, I was a little more understanding of like, you know, she's still like a kid. 22, you get informally engaged again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was nice. And, you know, <laughs> that was nice. It was. I mean, it's just like. But you graduated college, though, right? You yes. Graduate, when did you graduate college? 21? Yes. I was 22 when I graduated college. 22? Yes. You met him in college. Do you make a five year plan and, like, let's get our master, let's do something else? Or. Um, I hadn't gotten around to that yet because by the time that I had gotten around to even thinking about that, I was in the space where I was like, I don't think this is for me just because of the controlling stuff. Mm. So I was like, this is not gonna like work, you know? Um, was he older than you? Yes, he was. How many years? Seven. Well, that's not. Yeah, that wasn't like a big college. deal. I And that's the thing is I thought, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, um, maybe, you know, he'll be like more mature because the guy that I was with who was my same age wasn't really mature and then I realized that wasn't true like age doesn't make maturity nope so <sighs> yeah how does he take the breakup when you tell him it's over oh you know what that's a long story I need to use the bathroom really quick go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so engagement number two He's controlling. Yes, he was. Um, like he was very, very kind in some ways, mm-hmm. but then in other ways he could be controlling, and I could not deal with that. Like someone trying to tell me what I should wear, what I shouldn't wear, what colors I think look look good on me. I should wear my. Hair. Um. So, the final straw was one day. Um. So he had this apartment, and he had given me a key. And I came in, and there was this cat that we had taken in. Her name was Allie. And his window of his kitchen faced this alleyway. Mm-hmm. And the cat was meowing. We brought the cat inside. And I was looking for the cat because I'd come over to feed the cat. And the cat wasn't there. And so I knew it was his break. I called him at work. And I said, um, where's the cat? He was like, oh, I put the cat back outside in the alleyway. I was like, oh, wait, you did what? And he's like, uh, I put the cat outside because the, the cat peed in the bathtub. I was like, oh, wait, okay, wait, let me get this straight. So you kicked the cat out into the street and back again. You traumatize, re-traumatized the cat. And he wasn't really willing to hear what I was saying. And I was just like, if he, if he would do this, then there's a whole bunch of other stuff he would do that I'm not comfortable with. And so I was like, oh, you know what? I said, um, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I was like, but whatever. He's like, I'll talk to you later on, you know, when um, whatever he said about his break. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll talk later. And I hung up the phone. And I went to his apartment. I took all my stuff out of it. Oh. And I got into a gypsy cab, and I left. Never heard from him again. No, no. He called me that night, and he was really upset. 
and he was like why is all your stuff gone i was like because i i'm i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore like this is i was like that was the last straw and then you know it persisted for a while like where like he would call me and we would talk but i just that i couldn't do it like that it was that and other things i was just like he doesn't know that you love animals and that's the deal breaker he he, di- he did know which is i was like how could you <laughs> how could you do that um but there has to be a certain tenderness to a person and if i don't feel like that's there then definitely not compatible well, where do we meet the where do we meet the husband? Where do we meet him? He's the only one whose ring suffered. I mean, not his <laughs> pushed, not suffered. I he's suffered. A, he's the only <laughs> his only ring is only that stayed that stayed on your hand. Yes, um, thus far, um, yeah. So we met at a restaurant, and um, I was just eating by myself, and he came up to say hello to me. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Just hello, or he said. Um, I don't even remember. Exactly you wrote it what down. Said. <laughs> I definitely did not write it down. It wasn't. It wasn't smooth. Um, and he had mispronounced my name also. On top of that. <laughs> well, how um, would he know your name though? He's I just, said it. So oh. therefore, <laughs> like, come on, catch on, catch on. Um, but yeah, he seemed nice, and he seemed, um, you know, you you can only judge a person based on their first impression only so far. But he seemed like a nice person, and um, I like that he didn't seem controlling. Um, I like that he seemed like he liked animals, although I wasn't too crazy about the fact that he wasn't like as much in love with cats as he was in love with dogs. Um, and at that point in time, I had like eight cats. You had eight cats? Yeah, I did. At your, oh, yeah, I did. I did. So, um, eventually, like, we had, like, a lot of cats in the house. We moved in together. What was the first date like? What was the thing? What does he say? Like, how does he get your phone number? How does he say, like, I would um, like to continue this conversation? He, was say, he said something to the effect of, like, oh, I was sitting over there, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at you, and I wanted to come say hi to you or something oh, like that. very forward. Yeah. Um, and then we started talking. And, um, like whenever I'm having a conversation with somebody, especially a guy who's claiming to be interested, there's like a time limit. What's the time limit? Like 12 minutes. He has a time limit to either seem like he's interested in something like real or he's a complete douchebag. Like, you know, like I, like if you start, you know, the conversation starts to go kind of in the wrong direction and it is a restaurant, he might just be looking to hook up, you know what I mean? And, I'm not into that. And then there's some men who are looking for the novelty of a woman of color or who looks a certain way, which, you know, I don't want to be anyone's human sex doll. So, yeah, I was like, I'm not, you know, so I'm always looking out for, like, those kinds of things. Um, and then he kept talking to me, and we were talking for, like, a long time. And then that was one of the things that I liked is that he had the ability to hold conversation um, you think it's because he lived a life before, mm, or no, sometimes I when you? I, I think he was trying very hard. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> no, it is. I'm just saying. I'm being honest. Like I don't think that um, it was because of that. I think he just knows. Like, okay, this is what I need to do to, in order to keep her attention. Because you know, 
sending a random text for me is not going to be enough for me. So. He didn't even get your phone number then. This is all still the first meeting. Oh, I thought you were talking about over time. No, I mean the first meeting. He yeah, answered. no, he he was like, oh, we were talking for like an hour. Then he's like, oh, let's go on a date tomorrow. I was like, um, okay. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I know it wasn't like that. I was like, all right. Um, okay. Because I don't, I, like I said, I don't take a man seriously the first time because he might be full of it. He might really just be saying that, but he really wants to just, you know. But that was pretty forward. The first date, let's go yeah. on, let's go out tomorrow. Yeah. Exchange numbers. Yes. Yes. Then he takes you out the first date. First mm -hmm. date goes well. Mm -hmm. Yes. How long within the second date? And how do you have nine cats in the house? That's a lot of. Later. Oh, so he, oh, that was back to back. Yeah. Um, I just, I would, um, foster cats. Just from off the street? Yeah, or I, I, like, I would find them, like, one cat I found, someone threw her out of our, um, building, and she was, like, roaming around the front of the building, and it was raining, I'd just come back from the club, and I have on, like, these stilettos, and this, like, really <laughs> tiny, like, leather mini skirt, and I'm, like, crawling over this gate <laughs> to get this cat in the rain, and she gave birth literally like two hours later. So we went from three cats to seven cats. Just like that. Oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah. Kittens. Yes. So then, but then she got adopted and her babies got adopted. And um, yeah, pretty much went like that for like years where I would have a cat, it would give birth. It wasn't really like my cat, but I would foster them and, you know, give them love and attention so they wouldn't be like completely crazy. And that was it. Does a hubby tell you what he does for a living or he keeps that to himself first? Um, or did you know? I did not know. I did not know. Did you ever people noticing like saying what's up on the street and stuff like that? Or did you mm -hmm. notice that you knew a lot you of know, people? You know, when I know, you know when I knew is when my sister came home from, from college. And she said, hey, you never guess what happened to me today. And I said, what? She goes, I was in class. I was half asleep. <laughs> and everybody's talking about what they want to be when they get older. She said, and it was a big snooze fest. And you know whose name I heard? I said, who? She said, Barry Hayden. I said, what? She goes, yeah. He said he wants to be a strength coach, and he wants to be like Barry Hayden. And I busted out laughing. I said, that is so funny. And then, and then that's when I understood it. But before that, I was just like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, whatever. You didn't know who he was? No. You didn't notice any of his friends? It's just like, oh, wow, everybody's got these giant I rings. Would, I wouldn't, though. I wouldn't. That's the thing, because... This is New York City, though. But that's why I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, in in the when you go out in the city, you meet and you're around so many celebrities, so many, you know, people who are influential, who are seen as, like, beautiful, or who have, like, societal pull. So... It kind of all blends in. Like you don't look for it. Do you, do you understand what I'm I saying? Understand. Um, I mean, I even tell my kids like the most, the richest man I ever met. I never knew how rich he was. Like he didn't say, "Oh yeah, because I'm rich." You know what I mean? He was the most plain guy. Like the only thing that wasn't plain about him is he. Did a lot of cocaine, but <laughs> 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 yeah, like I was in London and I was sitting in this, um, this condominium or apartment or whatever it was. And 
this guy was a driver and he was a driver for this gentleman. And he, he he's like, oh yeah, whenever anyone wins a fight, because we were there to watch the fight with him. And whenever anyone wins a fight, he hands out money to everybody. And I was like, that's kind of weird or whatever. And I was getting tired and they were doing like drugs and stuff. I was like, I'm not really, you know, into that. So the driver's like, oh, are you ready to go home? And my friend and I are like, yeah, let's go home. He's like, but it's really far where you are because they're like more in like the city and we're kind of like towards the outskirts. And he's like, you know, how about if you guys just stay in the city? And we're like, how? Like, how are we going to stay in the city? Like, it was weird. And he's like, oh, and I forget his name. He's like, oh, he has, he said, the prince has rooms. The prince has rooms. Yeah. The prince has rooms at whatever this hotel was, this like big hotel. I was like, what? And he had this, like, the prince had like this deep voice. He smoked so many cigarettes too. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, you can stay in one of his rooms. I was like, because mm. I was thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to stay in one of his rooms and he's going to come in the middle of the night. He's going to be trying to do stuff to us. Like that's in my mind. I was like, I don't know about that. And so I said to my friend, I'm like, hey, chocolate, do you want to go? Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that was like my <laughs> best friend's name at the time. I was like, do you want to do you want to stay over? Because I'm pretty tired. She's like, oh, let's why not do it? We're like, all right, let's do it. It's an adventure. So he takes us in this really like nice car to the hotel and he like he was like oh hey whatever like to the front desk people and he has he gives them like a key or whatever that the car thing at the time and it he swipes it on the elevator it goes like all the way to like almost (laughs) the top and he's he um um swipes the key in front of the door and it's like this big beautiful room looking out on London and like he's like oh eat whatever you want drink whatever you want I'm like no I'm okay whatever and we we slept in the bed and we put the locks on the door just because we we're so like afraid of you know anything happening to us but not, nobody ever did anything like no one came in like we got up in the morning we took a shower and then we got on the train and no one once again like wanted anything from us like no one was like touching us inappropriately or and so that for me was a moment where just because you're in the presence of a man or you're around a man or you're around the person doesn't mean that you have to have sex with him or be willing to do something physical with him right um and people who are like really loaded don't feel the need to like pressure you and also say stuff out loud like yeah because i'm so like you know whenever i see someone on the street who is like walking around with all this jewelry and you know um all these names and stuff i just think of like the prince i'm like they don't got nothing i'm like you guys don't even know you know (laughs) you guys don't even know you know um well i knew someone was freaking out when they saw your husband one time and i was like what does he do mm -hmm. and like you don't know who he is and I was like, I'm from the South, so you got to explain. Right. <laughs> I know Southern I know Southern celebrities, but this dude was like freaking out because there are two people freaking out. I was like, oh, well, that's his wife right there. And like, that's his wife? I was yeah. like, and that's all their kids. <laughs> all all <laughs> 13 of them. <laughs> those, are, those, are, those, are, those are his kids. And this dude was like a huge baseball fan. Yeah, yeah. 
They, when did he explain? So your your sister was just like, oh, he's. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, you know, and but still, it was just like mm, because once again. But when you come back to what you said about the traditional household, I think you found the right person that met that traditional household. Well, that's why you had to have conversations, and that's why communication is so important because I made it crystal clear what the expectations were. Like, expectation, like when I have kids. I won't be working. Do you want this? <laughs> Is when this do you what say you that? Want? But when do you say that? I know you don't say that on the first day. Um, the first thirty to sixty days. Sounds like a Steve Harvey book. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I I like to be transparent. And so honest. within the first 30, 60 days, you're like, hey, if you're gonna be with me, this is what I believe in. No, not not if you're gonna be with me. This is what I would like. How do you feel about it? Right. So if he says. Actually, no, I don't want any of that. I don't want to have children. I don't want you to be a stay-at-home mom while our children are young. Then guess what? He's not the guy for me. I mean, that's it. But what about his previous kids? How do they react to you? How do they react to you? How do they react to you? Um, At first, not really crazy about it, but that wasn't so much anything personal towards me. It's just a child that's, you know, reacting. And now I think we have a really good relationship. But she's like, you know, like a grown woman. Where is he from? Florida. Oh, there, there it is. Yes. What part of Florida? Um, Tampa, Florida. No, um, Coral Springs. Oh, those country boys out there. Yes. <laughs> those yes. big country boys out there. Right, exactly. Um, so when do you meet his family? Wait, all right, so you guys, when do you, how long was it until you move in with each other? And that's a lot to move when I was someone with nine cats. I didn't move the cats down until later, though. Um, um, did you feel like everything uh, happened fast? Sometimes I feel like when you find the yeah, right person, everything, it did. It did everything booms. It did happen. I mean, he was saying that he was moving from New York, so I wasn't really taking, like I said, taking him seriously at first. And then when he was moving, I got him a housewarming gift. And he was like, why are you getting me a housewarming gift? I was like, because you're moving into like a new place. Like, that's what people do. And he's like, I thought you were going to come with me. I was like, you never asked me that. Oh, wow. I was like, you never asked me that. He's like, okay, well, okay, I'm not, I'm asking you. Are you gonna? I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Where'd y'all move to? <laughs> to Florida, a very sleepy town in Florida. <laughs> which Clearly, it didn't work out because we're here now in New York City. Um, but the... The boiling point for me was um, hearing this lady use the N-word, like she's talking on the phone. And she's like, yeah, so-and-so, um, her kids are niggers, and and, sh- and her husband's a nigger too. And I was like, and I looked at her, and she looked at me like, yeah, and what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't want to expose my children to that. Right. So I was like, I have to go. Like, I have to get out of here. What was he doing to go to Florida, though? What was the... He d- he said he wanted to live down there. He likes living there. And he didn't want to live in Connecticut. He didn't want to live in a small apartment in Connecticut. I was like, okay. You know. Let's so. go to Harlem. I was like, I was like, hey, you know what? You do you. But I'm leaving. I cannot... <laughs> I cannot have the N-word be used in my presence. Harold. <laughs> like... Cannot. And then my kids, I'm going to bring my kids into this situation and they're going to be hearing that. 
No. Well, when do you guys get married? How long did y'all date before y'all got married? Um, five years. That's not that bad. Five years. But we were engaged after like six months. <sighs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Where did he propose at? On a catamaran. What's uh, that? And it's like a, a Disney boat. castle? Or? No, it's like a boat. Um, watercraft on, on the water. Shocked? Um, Good surprise. I was kind of surprised. I had an idea because of stuff he was saying. You know, it was like it wasn't so it wasn't like a bomb dropped on me, but yeah. But you knew it was coming. Yes. Did you yes. pick out your engagement ring, or he picked it out? No, he picked it out, and then we had to end up changing it later on. <laughs> That's a hard thing. That's a hard <laughs> thing to pick out an engagement ring. That's like, freaking hard. You could have just asked my sister. Like, what is happening? I just I had to break into my girl's Pinterest. Yeah, just do what you got to do. Like. How does mom, how does mom, sister, dad, and everybody react to meeting him? Um, they were all pretty good about it. I mean, I think it's also because they already knew that I was going to do what I wanted to do anyways. So it really wasn't a point in saying much. Does he meet? Yes. Yes. And what was that like? It was fine. He said he was just, he said he was shocked by how direct we were with each other, like in our speaking. And then I had a friend who she was like very freaked out. She was like, I can't believe you're gonna move in with this guy. He could be a serial killer. <laughs> you know, um, most serial killers are like white men. You know, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Most serial killer. I was like, okay, thank you for your concern. Thank you, but I don't think he's a serial killer. Um, she was like in tears when she was telling me that. She's like, don't go. I was like, listen, I'll be all right. You guys stay in Florida for how long? About a year and a half. Then you move back to New York. Mm -hmm. Everyone's happy you're back in New York. Um. Well, you're happy yeah, that you're back in New York. Yeah, like a dolphin. I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to reproduce if I'm not happy. So. Where did y'all get married at? We got married in the courthouse. I don't believe in weddings. Really? I believe they're a huge waste of time and resources. Hmm. That's money you could spend on a home, on a vacation home, uh, a 401k, an IRA, rather than taking... You don't want to renew the vows, anything? Uh, no. No party, no celebration? No. I had, like, literally, like, I went out to dinner afterwards. That was it. Like, it's such a big to-do. It's so much money. And for what? Like, but you're a party girl. You like to party. Um, I do, but... And you've amassed all these type of friends. You don't think nobody wants to celebrate that celebration uh, with you? I mean, not not that kind of party. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not going to be the same. It's different. I, I don't know. I just feel like that's a very overpriced party. Would you take your... Would you express that to your children? Yeah, Definitely. I said, do not Good ask luck mom. explaining that to their significant others. I said, do not ask mom for money for a wedding. <laughs> mom, mom will give you money for a house. I'll give you money for a down payment on a but house. But not for a wedding. But I'm not giving you money for a wedding. I'm sorry. Mommy will give you $50,000, whatever you want. I will give you, if a, your wedding is supposed to be $75,000, I'll give you $75,000 for the down payment of a home. I am not giving you fifty to seventy five thousand dollars to spend on party favors. 
<laughs> like not doing it. I'm sorry. Like I have friends who've done it and they're like, I wish that I wouldn't have so much debt. They're like, I wish I wouldn't have went into that much debt just for like a party. You know, sometimes it's about the people. The people want to party with you. <sighs> then let them throw the party then. Let them throw. If you want a party with me that bad, then you throw, throw a party. The party for me. For, throw it for me because I'm not flushing money down the toilet to just say, oh, I had a party. So after you have your wedding mm-hmm. or after you have your, it is a wedding. It's a wedding at the courthouse. Yeah. How long before you have your first son? Your, not first son. How long do you have your twins? Five months. Well, oh, freak. Mm-hmm. Y'all weren't playing. Yeah, I was already pregnant when I got married. Mm. I was pregnant with twins. Did you want to be married before you had the babies? Yes. That was non-negotiable. I even joked with him. I was like, I think you might have tricked me. (laughs) I was like, this is your way to get me, you know, to the courthouse. Walk us through the feeling of finding out that you're pregnant. What's that like? Um, I actually already knew that I was going to be having twins because I had a dream like a few years earlier that I was going to have boy girl twins. And then I had made these blankets after I had the dream. And then I put the blankets in the closet. It was a blue blanket and a pink blanket. And I had sewn them together and put all these appliques, stitchings on them. And so when they were actually born, I took those things out of the closet that I had made like many years ago. Um, so I knew that I was going to have twins, but um, you told him that you're just like, hey, I had the dream. I did. He was looking at me like I was nuts. He did not believe me. He's like, mm, okay, whatever. You know, like, you know, he's like, oh, do you believe in this stuff? You know, are you a witch? Are you? No, he didn't. <laughs> he did. He, he dead seriously asked me. Are you a witch? Are you a witch? I was like, I am not a witch. I'm, are you a witch? I'm just telling you, I had a dream. So fast forward, then he believed me after the sonogram. Um. And yeah, I was just. What was the most challenging thing, being pregnant, or the challenging thing when you have your first your first children? Being pregnant is definitely harder than, uh, in my opinion, having the first child. Some women have you joyous pregnant with two of them too. So yeah, some women have joyous pregnancies. I felt nauseated the entire time, so I was not like feeling great, feeling amazing. Like, oh my god, it's so great. I mean, which one came out first? Kilohana came out first. She's the oldest. And the by one minute, and then Caden came out. Yeah. What was so? What was like when you get in the sonogram? What do they say about the kids? It's just like, um, it was just well. First of all, Kilohana was born with Down syndrome, as you know. Yes. And they Did didn't they pick that up. They didn't pick that up on the on any of the tests. So you found out as in, as in the you... operating room, in the birthing room. So as soon as she came out, that's when you found out. Mm-hmm. I could tell because I could. The energy in the room changed, and I could hear a pin drop. The energy of the room of the, everyone around you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not really fair, though. I mean, why would they even? Well, they were human beings reacting but I mean, to a situation. Yeah, and they were but surprised. I'm, but you're supposed to be joyous. A baby's born, well, you know? But it's a, it's a surprise, a negative surprise. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh. So imagine that you've had all these tests. You're showing up for what you think is a routine twin delivery. And you're looking at a surprise that you didn't see. And now you have to tell that mom and father that surprise. Mm. So. Did they even, wait to tell you after yeah, yeah. the second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but I but I knew immediately like when I saw her face I knew what was going on and my husband was like what's wrong I was like nothing I just all I could do was just cry because I already knew what the deal was were you crying because you know how tough yes it was gonna be Mm -hmm. I know how human beings are like I I am a so-called normal person and I've been put through crazy stuff right so I can only imagine the things that people would say and do to like somebody who is not you know um, intellectually able Mm. you know um and then I have a, a family member who she had cancer as a child. And so she had a lot of brain surgeries. And because of it, she had delays. And she was abused um, on the school bus. Do you think it was a good thing that she had twins? Because they are, especially how they, they take, she has somebody that really loves and takes care of her. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm in the middle of something. Okay. Um. So they explain it. They explain that your daughter has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. As you're holding both of them. What does the family react to? Does your family in like the the they're, delivery they, room? They didn't hear it yet. So there, my husband is in the delivery room. My family is out waiting. So when they came in to see me, I told them. Like when they came in afterwards. Because, you know, it takes a while for the drugs to wear off and, like, all the stuff to wear off or whatever. And so that when, they, when they came in, I told them. Because I, it's very obvious that there's something going on with me. Can't hide it. Mm. You know. So I just told them. Where does her name come from? Um, I picked it before she was born. It's from Mount Kilohana, which means superior. Just letting you know that. And I wanted names that sounded similar, like the ka and the ka sound. And where does your son's name come from? Um, Cademan. It means wise warrior. Some people say Cadman. But the site that I found it on pronounces it. They said K-A-Y-D is the way you're supposed to pronounce it. So, But that means wise warrior, Cademan. How protective over you? How protective o- are you over Kilohana versus him? Um, I'm equally protective over them because I'm not living in this illusionary world that um, boys can't also be abused. Right. I feel like that's a fallacy on on the behalf of most parents, is they believe that well. Um. Only your girl child can be abused or a victim of abuse, which right. is not the case. Um, so I'm careful with everyone equally. Her, but but everyone. But he's protective of us. I haven't seen him in a while, but he's very protective of his sister. Which is good. And he treats, and he doesn't, he doesn't treat her, well, this is a long time ago, but he didn't treat her like she was different. He treated her like he was his sister. So like, yeah, like, yeah come no. on, let's go. Grab the ball. Let's do it. Come on, speed it up. <laughs> right. And she's she's right. like pushing them to go screaming, back. Screaming, screaming, screaming at her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for kids to understand that like another kid may not understand things the same as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm constantly trying to explain to him that, you know, she understands things in a different way than you do. And sometimes he becomes frustrated with that 
because he doesn't know how to explain it to her or t- how to deal with it himself. So, um, but I'm always careful with him. I don't want him to feel like he's responsible for her at all times because there are people that they have special needs siblings and some of them end up not living their lives. They don't have significant others or anything like that because they think, they believe somewhere deep in their mind that it's their job. Take care of. Right, to take care of that special needs sibling. Is there any support groups for like mothers like you? Or do you find they, any? They are, but I just don't find them to be like very helpful. Um, the stuff they want to do to me, it's, it's like... Um, It's hard to explain. Um, I just, what's the point in talking about something if it's not actually going to fix it? But not like fix it, but constantly, like constantly talking. But don't about you feel like people learn from experience? Like if you meet someone who's dealing with someone who has maybe a ten-year-old or a twenty-year-old, and it's like, well, this is th- what helped me out. Well, yeah, and that if in that case, if I need help figuring something out, then I'll reach out to like those boards, those message boards. Mm-hmm. But there are some people where they get together like all the time physically. They have like gatherings and stuff like that. And I'm just like, and I did it one time, and I was like, this is so draining. Like, you know. Um, and then some of the things I said to my husband, I I overheard it. I wasn't in the conversation, but I overheard it. And one of the mothers who was running it, she was like, well, if you feel that way, then it's a problem with your ego. You know, you have a problem with your ego. And I was just like, um, okay, maybe he does, but that's not really like. You're just. It's, it's like, why would you say that in front of a group of like six people? Like, why is it acceptable for you to say that? And this is our first time here. That's not going to want to make him come back. Right. And it's definitely not going to want to make me come back because I'm not even vocal like that with you guys where I would even want to talk to you now. So thanks, but no thanks, you know. Um, So these two years, you're staying at home, raising your children. mm -hmm. Then you get pregnant again. Uh, Yeah, 14 months after giving birth to the twins, I gave birth to Channing. Are you worried at all during this pregnancy a bit? Are you just? I was, I was worried as far as like the genetic outcome because I was surprised last time. Mm -hmm. So we had like all these tests and they had like come up like some kind of a new test or whatever. And then they're like, okay, well everything's fine genetically. And then I learned that he was a boy and they were saying that he was like kind of on the larger side. So they were afraid of like, oh, we have to make sure that his his bladder's working properly, his kidney, blah, blah, blah. And then they like had me freaked out for like two weeks. So I had to go back and they're like, oh, it just turned out that his bladder was full, he had to pee. I'm like, you guys have me so stressed out, you know. Um, and then he was born at like 41 weeks. So that's 14 months then, your last child. Ailani, Ailani, yes. How many months is she? She's three and a half years younger than Channing. Oh, so y'all took a break. Uh, but I, but I didn't try to take a break. I, I wasn't planning. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I, I don't want to have, um, a baby like 
too spaced out from Channing, but I wasn't like planning the baby. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I know I want to have a baby in the next like two or three years, but I wasn't like. She was a surprise. Right. I wasn't like, oh yeah, let's let's have this baby. Let's take this temperature. Let's get in bed right now. It was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know, wow. Um, I, my sister and I were having this talk on the roof. And I'll never forget this. She's like, oh yeah, my period came. I was like, your period came already? She's like, yeah. I was like, my period usually comes before yours. And she's like, your period didn't come yet? I was like, no. I said, that's really weird. I said, I'm going to go downstairs and take a test. <laughs> sure enough, it was positive. But you want five, or do you? I do, do but still I, was five like, I was like, I was like, no, this is, uh, no. I was like, four is a good number. Um, I was like, this is this is good now because kids have all these activities and. What's the challenging part having four children in New York City? Because um, you have the space for them. I I don't feel like it's a big deal. Like a lot of people make like very nasty comments about people who have a lot of children in the city, which I learned recently. I didn't know that people had this like disdain for people like me. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, motherfuckers are really angry. Um, they were talking about um, Hilaria Baldwin and how they have like something like five or six kids in the city. And most of the comments were basically people just dissing her for having that many kids, number one, and for having them in the city. So pe- not only having kids in the city, but having four kids for many people is seen as like a lot and an abomination for some reason. I don't think it's that big of a deal. We take them outside all the time. They get to go on trips. They do activities. They got the correct support system for I them. I mean, I'm just like. How they, different is your kids' lives from your life? Um, well, they have more siblings. That's the thing. Um, I would say I had a little more activities than them, but that's only because my mother was like working all the time. So like it was a necessity. Um, but I would definitely say that I'm getting more time with them than I got with my mom when I was a kid. How do they how do they react to your artwork? Um, they sometimes are like, Oh, that's really nice, but they're so used to it that they're desensitized. It's not considered mm. like like a a big deal or anything. Like nothing like uh, oh, for instance, our kids, you're talking about my husband and someone like being really excited to see him. Um, he took our son, this is when he was like six or seven, to um, batting practice. And he's on the field with the other players and he thinks nothing of it because he's a six or seven year old kid. So one of the one of the professional athletes um, was playing catch with him, and the guy goes, "Hey, do you want that signed?" And my son's like, "Yeah, I would." And so, um, my husband gives him a pen. He hands a pen to Cademan, and he's thinking Cademan is going to go over to the guy. He's, <laughs> <laughs> but Cademan signed the ball himself. He didn't. He didn't even think that like. That I should get a signature from this guy because it's like he's not, you know what I mean? Like another kid would have been like so excited, like, oh my God, these people, like, oh my God, these whistleblowers. Meanwhile, 
he's like, yeah, I'm going to sign it. He took the ball and he signed it himself. What did he say? What did the guy, he laughed. They just started laughing because <laughs> he didn't understand that, like, you know, you're supposed to let the so-called famous guy do it. I he's guess. like, yeah, I got it. You yeah, need this right. sign. <laughs> exactly. So um, I got a kick out of that story. I think one time, I think it was like a couple of years ago, your husband was like, I'm not encouraging, I'm not going to push baseball on him. I'm going to let mm-hmm. it come to him. Mm-hmm. naturally has it came to them naturally and then gravitated towards the sport well Cademan definitely is really into baseball Channing is he likes it but he's not as interested in it as my oldest son is by far he's more into like arts right now and and animals and things like that and and he is actually really good at writing I told him he should write like a, a kid's book you know um what about Kayla Hanna? What is she interested in? What does she like? She's to... interested in the computer. Really? She likes and animals. like animation? Oh, animals like you. Yeah, but the computer. She could be on the computer for like hours doing like the games and like making things. And Was it Roblox or? Yeah, all that stuff. Totally. Like if I, if I wanted to just not be a parent, I could put her in front of the computer <laughs> for like 10 hours and she would be there like. If I, if I was going to do that, I wouldn't. But My question is, as of recently, you started um, showcasing your art and mm-hmm. your talents. Mm-hmm. Why did you not do that three years prior? Well, a multitude of reasons. The first reason is I was kind of, I didn't have the time, number one, with my youngest still being at home. And the other reason was I was kind of afraid because not with the artwork, but with the books because of the critique that could happen or people being offended by it. Um, I read the, I didn't read the whole thing, but I read the back of it, The Fox and the Hound, The Fox. A Gentle Fox in the Hen House. Me and my lady are reading that. She goes, I was like, let me read this backstory to you. And she's like, "What you gonna get it?" I was like, "I'm, I was like, I'm about to interview. I'm about to inter- I'm about to interview her right now." He's like, "You should at least read it and see who, who's, who's the book." I was like, "I was, I, think, I was like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's fiction or not, but we well, read the back a, of it." A gentle fox in the house is nonfiction. And then I was like, Dave, she's like, she's like, that's who you're about to <laughs> Yes, it's nonfiction. Yeah, you should have read it actually before you you came over. That would have been very interesting to hear a man's opinion." I read the back of it and I was like, oh, I said, someone, <laughs> I said, this seems like an, I didn't seem like it was a fair, it seemed like a really good time. Right. It was at the workplace. It, it was. Oh, Mayhem and Monotony or Gentle Fox in the House? Which one? No, that's the, 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 the one that's real is the one that takes place in the early 2000s. Mayhem and Monotony, the one that's in the office, that is fiction. That is fiction. That's what we were debating. Okay. I said, this seems pretty real. Okay. Yeah. It takes place like last year. She she loves books. Yes. So those are the books that we're getting. I was like, no, the artist. I said, the the art. I said, that's the author that we're about to go interview. Yeah. And she goes, well, you taught her a kid. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and yes. He's like, oh, oh, well, not Ilani. She didn't. But Channing was there too. I think. Did you? No, uh, it was Kate. Only the only the twins. They were split up, but he he was there because he was the first one that goes, I want to do a spelling bee, and I was like, he doesn't say anything. And he did a spelling bee and made all the way to the end. Yeah, and I he know. just randomly just I goes, know. I'll do it. 
I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I'll I'll join the spelling bee. I was yeah. like, man, this guy's beating every. I was like, he's beating he's beating everybody. Yeah, he has confidence. He, he has a lot of confidence. Yeah, definitely. That's and that's a really good thing. Um, so as you start expressing your art, what was the feedback that what was the feedback that you got thus far? Um, a lot of people really like it. Um, they also didn't know, like, like you said, that people didn't know that I was an artist. Um, we all know people do something but that's what we're looking I was like look at all these paintings that she's doing she's like what I was like I didn't even know she did paintings I was like I don't know what it was a it was kind of like a big secret because I just I stopped when I had kids I stopped painting for the most part because I just did not have the time and the resources to commit to painting and what about how do your books come to you um I have one that hasn't been published yet and I thought about it for like two years. It was like in the back of my mind, like a, like a flashing light and it came to me and I was like, Oh, I'm going to write that. And, um, I just get these like random ideas and then I just write them down. Like I have a folder full of like ideas for like stories. What's the synopsis for the hound? You mean a gentle fox? A gentle fox. I don't know why I keep using fox and the I, hound because that's I what I was describing. That's She's, a child's book. And <laughs> this is definitely not a children's book. Um, basically, it is about me um, finding my niche in the party scene and finding the place where I'm no longer considered the outcast. Finding yourself. Right. And being found attractive by these people who are considered like extremely attractive. And in the story, um, I, I was out by myself and I saw this guy that I thought was like incredibly attractive. But I, you know, I usually don't go up to men, like I said, it wouldn't be something that I would do. And I was about to leave and I was like, oh, you know, um, I just wanted to do something like really silly. I don't want to reveal too much about the book. Um, and then moving forward after that night, we became like friends and I assumed that he was gay, right? He wasn't. And um, I learned that he wasn't gay in like a very like odd way and he really uh, without giving away too much of the book he changed my life in a good way I think it's better to know the backstory <laughs> of who you are as a person than I can read the book better now because right. now it makes so much sense right. just like you finding yourself right. you coming from East Harlem mm-hmm growing up in a divorce household, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Gravitating towards a neighborhood, being teased and bullied for being smart, mm-hmm. right? Then you leave this private school mm-hmm. and you're like, you can't escape the people from school, then you can't escape the people from your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You finally graduate, you meet your fiance at 18, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have his life together. You say our five-year plan is turned into a one-year plan. <laughs> Leave him. Right. Start going to school. Introduce your sister. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's party a little bit. Let me show you a different side of the life. Mm-hmm. Boom. 
Then we meet at a controlling fiance. Mm -hmm. He never asks you the right way. Mm -hmm. What he says is like, here's my grandmother's ring. It might look nice on you. Right. Boom. He doesn't take care of the cats. He leaves them out in the alleyway. <laughs> you right. leave. Boom. Then we do an internship at a magazine that we won't reveal. Mm -hmm. They have uh, definitely not treated you the right way. Mm -hmm. Then we meet our current husband, right? Mm -hmm. Our only husband. Right. We meet Big Barry. Mm -hmm. And next you know it, you guys meet at a dinner. Well, so uh, you were well, having dinner. You were just uh, yeah, at a I restaurant. Was I was eating, yeah. And he pulled up and said, can a player from the Noya get a chance with it? <laughs> Pretty much Florida bread. Mm -hmm. You guys go on a date. Mm -hmm. You guys start dating for five years. He gets you pregnant mm -hmm. to make sure that you say yes to the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get here. Mm -hmm. Now we're an artist that is out, that mm -hmm. is open. Right. Sometimes they say, I think it's in the Bible, it's like the gifts will make room for everything. Right. right. Sometimes you right. can't hide who you are. Right. Because it just randomly started posting. We follow each other on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we we're like, who else? Like, Look at all this stuff that she does. She's like, where does she put her artwork? I was like, shoot, I didn't even know <laughs> where <laughs> she did it. Then I was like, look right. at this book that she did. Right. And sometimes I feel like as mothers, I'm not a mom, mm -hmm. but as mothers, sometimes you sacrifice a bit of yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. A lot of mothers either get lost into their children's lives or get everything else. And they forget like who they were mm -hmm. or the gifts that they have. Mm -hmm. That definitely happened. Definitely. How did you know you were lost though? Um, I just woke up one day and I was like, this is, oh, so this is what happened. I was having this amazing dream mm -hmm. and I felt so good in the dream. I was like exactly where I wanted to be. And then I woke up and I was like, this reality is so far-fetched, so different than the dream. And it bothered me that I was so happy in this dream and in my waking life, I felt so unfulfilled and so happy. Wow. So I said, what can I do to make my life more like that dream? And I just wrote a bunch of stuff down. Like I made a list of like things that I would like to do. And so um, I just made all these changes and thought about the person that I wanted to be and what my life was like and how I was kind of just playing small. And that's when all this stuff just started like coming to me. And I also too, because once again, my youngest was in school. So I felt like yeah, I had more time to actually think a complete thought about what it is that I wanted to do and, and what I wanted my life to actually be like. And also for women to break free from the jail of just patriarchy. That's what most of the books are about. Patriarchy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Break break that down. What do you mean break from the jail from patriarchy? Because at, this, at a kind of a way, you are in a patriotic society <laughs> because a lot of women don't have this this ability to stay at home and create and do stuff like that. Well, if you're not aware of the system, then how can you navigate around it and break and break free of it, mm -hmm. right? So one of the reasons why you send children to school is so that you can teach them to learn the game that they're playing in. Yes. So that levels the playing field. So as a woman, I feel like you should be getting as much knowledge as you can, not just book knowledge, but also um, sexual knowledge, emotional knowledge, and intellectual knowledge. And whenever you're dealing with someone, a person, 
um, a woman or a man, women and men do not have the same motivations. That's a fact. They're motivated by very, very different things. So I find often, sometimes women will give other women bad advice and they will say, oh, you should do this, you should do that, da, 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 da. but you're thinking as a woman, you're not thinking as a man. So um, I've been able to do the things I've been able to do simply because I communicate. I don't leave anything to guesswork. What do you mean guesswork? Like I, I tell, well, when I was single, I would tell a potential husband or a potential boyfriend what it is that I'm looking for, what I expect. Got it. Right? I don't play hinting games, mind games. Well, maybe I would like to do this and then like wait for him to try to figure it out or like leave leave text messages out for him to like, you know, yeah. oh, did I say that by accident? Oh, I didn't mean for you to see that. Like, no, we're, we're not doing that in here. Like, listen, I need this from you. I would like you to do this. How do you feel about that? And then he's going to say if he likes it or if he doesn't like it. It's, it's that simple. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, um, sometimes people will mislead you. I find that most of the time if you tell somebody what you want, they will tell you if they don't want to do it or if they want to do it. Well, a lot of people in the city are dating people who don't have it together. Well, that's uh, uh, also not an option. <laughs> I but mean, that's mean finding, I guess, some things you attract what you're looking for. That's true. But you also have to be able to turn down that which you're not looking for, right? And the way that you figure out that you're not looking for it is by asking questions. Or from the f women that I've met in New York City, what they tell me about dating is that their selection pool is dwindled because as they date other artists, most artists, if they have not made it, they don't have the proper funds to take care of them. Or... They say that they don't date outside their race, so it's dwindled as well. Or or there's another one, what my friend told That's me. That's one of the worst decisions you can make also. Right, but some people are from that era like that. Like my sister, they have dated outside their race, but they're Southern girls. They, you know, they're definitely, and they're more independent. They're more of, they don't want to stay home. They don't want to do that. So I think mm -hmm. it is completely different than my grandmother who stayed home for a long time. But she took care of us, she made us feel good. My mom chose to stay home and I realized it benefited both of us because now we could definitely speak and articulate ourselves. We were right. beaten way too many times. Right, right, yeah. I, I try to stay away from that, the, the hitting and the spanking and stuff like that, you know. Um. But with education and everything else, I feel like, like I say, when I say a new age mother, meaning that you have old school values, mm -hmm. but very new age conformity, meaning mm -hmm. that your kids can express themselves, you express yourself to them, and you have the ability to stay home if you would like to. Right, which is the point of... A blessing. Yeah, and it's also the point of their relationship in general. Like yes. what I also feel like if marriage is for kids, I, if I wasn't gonna have kids, I don't understand the point of, of a marriage. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't have kids, you wouldn't be married. You just, no. would, you guys would just be long-term dating. Yeah, like you know, and I also feel like it would force the person to like keep their end of the bargain up if they know that you don't have to be with them. There's nothing holding you to that person without that piece of paper. You think the kids, is, the kids can hold something together? A piece of paper and children? Oh yeah, definitely. What's stopping you from not having your fifth child? 
don't is it you finding yourself again? Is no, it no, no. Um, I'm not convinced that a fifth child is on everyone's agenda. But that's what you wanted. I did originally. Five. Oh. But it's not just up to me. That's what I want. Five. Yeah. So. But I'm, I'm trying was, to get surrogates. Oh, crazy. I I feel like if you're gonna have a child, that the person that you're with should be 100% on board for having the child. So I just don't want them to go through that situ that pregnancy more than five times, two times. Some women can do it, and then like Kanye, just get these surrogates. Some some women can do it. I mean, you know, but some some women cannot. I mean, it really depends on you know, what you want to do. So my mother had easy pregnancies. I thought that she would pass it on to me. She didn't. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, I was just hanging out. And then and all of a sudden I found out I was pregnant. I didn't even know I was pregnant. And she had no morning sickness, no symptoms, you know, just nothing. happy walking around. I didn't have that. Well, we all are different. Yeah, I know. But I just thought, I was like, maybe I'll get a little taste of the easy pregnancy, <laughs> but... No. Well, now we've reached the point of the podcast. Even though we've asked, we've mm-hmm. got to who you are now. These are called the Hilltop Questions. Okay. You can answer them however you want. You Uh-oh. can do short-term, long-term, whatever. You, not short-term, long-term. Short answer, long-form. These are the answers that you can answer. The first question is, do you believe in God? Yeah, I do. Who is your favorite person in the Bible? My favorite person in the Bible? God, this is going to be so awful. Um, it's messed up too because I was in a religious play not so long ago. <laughs> um, and I, most of my favorite people are bad people simply because I feel like they're misunderstood. There's nothing wrong with that. Who's that bad person? Um, he goes. They have another name for him, but it's going to be Satan. Only because, because, only because the reason why he's in trouble is because he didn't really care for the humans that much. But the reason why is because they were behaving so poorly and they were, they were not behaving with integrity. And I feel like he's misunderstood as far as, and I feel like also people try to blame things on Satan that really are not the fault of Satan. Like, people will go out and rob a bank or they'll murder somebody and say, oh, uh, the devil made me do it. No, let's let's not blame your choices on an external source. You don't think the devil doesn't have influence? I think that's what you choose. I think you choose what, you, what influences you. It's called a mental diet, right? You choose that. Where do you think... The devil is misunderstood. In the beginning, from... Yes, when, when the devil becomes the devil. Mm. The, fall, the fall from grace is when he's misunderstood, I feel. That's interesting. And um, uh, it also makes me wonder, and I, I don't believe in religion. I do believe in God, but I don't believe in religion. Um, well, break that down for us, too. Religion, like I, think I don't believe in. A lot I don't of believe in Christianity. I don't believe in Catholicism. I can't be like, oh yeah, I was baptized, or yeah, I believe in Judaism, but I do believe that there is a common creator, 
and the common energy of creation between everybody. And I feel like we're all connected on earth and not just connected to each other, but connected to the frequency that of the creator, which is even the trees, the birds, the flowers, the bees, deer, you name it. Do you believe in an afterlife? I do. I do. Okay. I believe in reincarnation, all that stuff. Yeah. Next question. When was the last time you had a nightmare? Um, like two days ago. What was that about? Um, I was at a comedy club, and the people who I was with were like, we're not tipping. <laughs> <laughs> that was your nightmare? <laughs> that was my nightmare. I was like, you're not going to embarrass me like that, are you? You're not going to tip? I was like. At a comedy club. Yes, and, and then I woke up. I was like, phew. <sighs> Thank God that was a nightmare. What's your biggest fear on earth? My biggest fear on earth. There's a few. Um, my biggest fear would be that my children grow up to be extremely unhappy. Oh, that's a good one. one. When was the last time you had a panic attack? Like four years ago? What were you panicking about? I didn't even know that it was a panic attack, to be honest with you. I just know that I felt so crazy and like I felt afraid for no reason and anxious for no reason. And it almost felt like, it almost feels like when you're like, when you have too much caffeine and it went on for like two days and then I went to the doctor and I described what happened and they took my blood. They're like, I don't think anything's really wrong with you, but what you described sounds like a panic attack. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, panic attack. It's not, you know, it's from stress. I was, she was like, you never happened before? I was like, no. <laughs> so she explained it to me she, and I told her about like, you know, what's going on. I just planned a baby shower and she's like, yeah, and you, you have four kids. Sounds like you have a lot going on. So she's like, you need to take it easy with the stress. And then, um, I did. I was like, you know, I need to stop putting everyone else before me, like constantly and putting myself last is going to be a problem. So that's, that was a red flag for me to stop doing that. So four years ago, you started making Zakia first. Right. That's good. Not, not all the time. But I mean, know, you start taking more often. steps. Right. Exactly. Do you believe in soulmates? Um, I do. I do believe there are such a thing. I don't believe that everyone gets to meet that soulmate, though, in every life. So you might be with somebody in this life who's not your soulmate, but in another life you will be with your soulmate so you can know what love is and isn't. Hmm. Now this last question is a series of questions, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the same question over and over again. The whole goal is to expand beyond the first question. Okay. It's going to be like, who are you? So if you ask me, like, who are you? I would say, Jared Waters, who are you? Two-time wrestling champ, who are you? Stand-up comic. I would describe me. The goal is to go beyond who Zakia is. Okay. Ready? Who are you? I am Zakia Reigns Hayden. I'm a mother. Who are you? A daughter. Who are you? A singer. Who are you? Author. Who are you? Artist. Who are you? Sculptor. Who are you? I already say mother. Who are you? <laughs> Dancer. Who are you? Um... Cook. Who are you? Um, what's the word? 
assistant. Who are you? Um, real estate manager. Who are you? Landlord. Who are you? Um, gardener. Who are you? Um, seed collector. Who are you? Um, I think that's it. Last question. <laughs> when they're writing your book, right? When they're writing your book and your great-great-grandchildren have your story mm -hmm. and they open the book and they get to the last page, they're going to say, she was what? My name is, and she was what? Um, a trailblazer. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is Miss Akia. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. Why, thank you, madam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jared Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.